On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will be scrambling for content as the stream of interesting Star Wars news has all but stopped flowing. And of course, they had no backup plan for a light week of topics. Fear not though, because I'm sure they'll bumble through the few items to discuss this week like true Star Wars superfans would. They'll hit on an interesting tidbit about Luke's inclusion in The Mandalorian. They'll amplify McGregor's latest news on the Kenobi series. And of course, they'll rattle off a few of the latest collectibles teased from Hasbro and Hot Toys. The show will wind itself down with this week's fan question responses, which deal with their favorite Star Wars Rebels moments. And then the guys will close things out honoring this week's Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features. Punch it, Chewie. Liam, it's Tones, it's Nick, and it's Matt, and yes, we are back for a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. I'm trying not to raise my octaves too much, Nick, at the beginning, because even when I mix it, it's annoying as fuck. It, it kind of like blows out the sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, luckily, I, I have some filters and shit on there in the yeah. mix where... It's supposed to take all mic levels, even if I go like, ah, or I'm way back here like this. It tries to normalize them, but you never know. Sometimes it gets a little over-modulated. Yeah. Testing, testing, one, two. We're testing for proper modulation. Hopefully. Ah, right. We are here, and we do not have a guest this week. Sorry to let you down, Star Wars Time Show Nation. <laughs> I mean, based, holy shit, right, Nick? Based, based on the feedback, yeah. Nick and I should just quit and have nothing but guests on the show. Yeah, just let Blaine uh, moving forward. be on every show, and then he just <laughs> runs the interviews with whoever else is on. It literally was, Nick, and I, I love it. I love it. I mean, I thought Blaine was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, was he was great. scheduled for 45 minutes. We had him for almost two hours. Uh, but we did. We got a lot of a lot of story mentions, a lot of just DMs like, hey, guys, that was great. You need to do more of it. It was the best show yet. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome feedback. But boy, we really did suck before, <laughs> didn't we? <Nick?" laughs> it's like, man, everybody fucking hated us. Yeah, they just don't, don't worry. Tones, I, I fixed it. Nick, Nick never knows when he's muted or oh, not. Yeah, so. I can't tell. <laughs> uh, I control the board in full. That's why uh, the technical aspect of the show is always a mess. But yeah, he's. You should be able to hear him now. Hello. <laughs> I can. I can learn sign language. I can. Yeah. Send you testing. Testing. One. Two. <laughs> can everybody hear me? Proper modulation. Yeah. Okay. He's All here. right. All there right. we go. There we go. But <laughs> no. Yeah, but it no. was a. Uh, I'm just fucking around. I mean, anytime we get feedback, it it warms my soul. Mm. We've said that, or I've said it over and over. I mean, it is what keeps me going. It's what puts a smile on my usually frowning face. Uh, so seeing all the positivity to at Blainer things appearance on the show was, was awesome. Yeah, uh, and you know, hopefully he'll he'll take heed. He'll he'll start tagging so he can get more of his shots uh, on the account. Maybe even into Nick's. Uh, iconic top five segment. Mm-hmm. He's been um, in the top five before. Yeah, but no, it, it was fun. And, and <laughs> I, I even saw him Blaine's stories. He's like, holy shit, I've been getting hit by all these people I, I didn't really even know. I, I think that was on Liam. Young Liam hit him up and yeah. 
you know, they, these they'll figure it out. I mean, our, our super fans know it, Nick. They, they figured out the secret sauce that is the Star Wars time show. Um, but uh, through the interviews, through more exposure, I think the, the Star Wars fan community at large, in particular the Star Wars toy and slash real-ass painter community, uh, you know, they'll, they'll start to see the power of the SWTS. Yeah, I mean, we've <laughs> already had some pretty amazing collaborations between people who were kind of probably introduced. I'm going to take credit for it. They were introduced to each other from the Star Wars time show, like Papa and Super Scoundrel. Papa's got yes. that awesome new, uh, you know, that profile picture on his Instagram that Super Scoundrel made for him. And, totally. you know, we I, take I, all I like credit. seeing that kind of community member interaction and those, you know, those cross pollinations of different people's work together. So it's been really fun to see yeah, that. And, and if Blaine added any new followers in between last week and now, that is 100% SWTS. Just look up the analytics. I can promise <laughs> you it's legit. Exactly. Um, yeah, even, yeah, Tones is reminding us we need more guests. Last last week was okay, so damn good. Don't remind <laughs> us. Remind our PR person, that's Spencer hey, Barron. He's working on it. I, I mean, I, I don't want to, like... Know tease too many people but the guy is in connection or in contact with nick gallard i don't know if you remember him nick but he was the stunt coordinator of the prequels okay um stunt buddy just hit me up today he's working with uh, one of the doubles that doubled uh, luke in the mandalorian oh shit uh, i think his name's matt mig or his account name's matt mig um but who knows we, we uh uh, it would be good to get him on because I, I promise you, if I can get one of these stunt people on and make them shine like I made Blainer things shine <laughs> in some of our other interviews, I, I think others like like Lauren may may give us a second look because I'm I'm telling you who who honestly in the industry focuses on stunt performers? Nobody, nobody, and but they're some of the most integral parts of. You know, our our universe that we love, Star Wars, but action movies, anything. Marvel, I mean, without yeah. stunt people, shit would be boring as fuck or everyone would look computer generated. Yeah, or Tom Cruise would just be the star of every movie because he does his own stunts. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's just like I I know we could honor these people, yeah. obviously, in, in the Star Wars light, but also honor what they do and what they bring to a project like The Mandalorian. I mean, hell, just just look at all the stuff Lauren brought to the characters we love, like Bo, uh, Fennec. Mm -hmm. they, they, they truly make the actors and actresses look like the badasses that we think their characters are yeah. on screen. So I, I would love to get them in here. Uh, yeah, lot, lots of snow talk going on in the live stream chat. By the way, if you want to join the live stream, we typically kick a pickle Lickety-lickety-split Jiminy Crickets. Um, we typically do the live streams in between. We have to give a window because we yeah. refuse to commit to a time. This, is, this isn't paid programming, so we don't need to be on a schedule. But we typically do the live streams from 2 to 3 East on Tuesday. So if you want to get in on those, uh, please do. I know there's some fans that they always lament the fact that they can't get in. I know uh, Visual Approach, he got his little chub on when Nick... Uh, honored him with a top five for this week and he's like i hope i can dial in uh, he was another one that was really really loving what happened with blaine so yeah we're, we the interview pipeline is working spencer i almost have to temper him a bit so it's like hey slow down if, if there's ever a lull in interviews it will be my fault yeah okay? i mean well also what we don't want to do is set up get like too many things set up too far out so like we have an interview scheduled for five months from now 
Right. And then we forget about it. The people forget about it. There's, there's a lot of schedules that can change in that amount of time. Exactly. So the maximum that I feel like is safe to schedule something out is probably two months. And then after that, you're no, starting Nick, to get I mean, into I'm, a squirrely area. In my head, and it, it may pick up because we really we really are in the, the doldrums of Star Wars news. So, yeah. I mean, this could be a great opportunity to, to pick up the pace. But at this point in time, I'm committed to at least one a month. Yeah. So one out of four shows, we're hoping to have a, a guest on. And I know we're lining up Bud Futu for February. He actually reached out and was like, hey. I'd love to come on and, and, and talk hey. some diorama stuff and whatnot. So there we go. Let's do this. There we go. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, reach out to some of the other people. I know that we, at one point we were talking to Jesse, uh, you know, everything Kylo, but I don't know if he's interested anymore. It, it, it's a it's a slippery <laughs> slope, my friend. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I don't want to sound too cocky, but we, you and I, we've been doing this forever. We we kind of make it easy just co- having a conversation and never having ooms and ahs and oh. Yeah, too much. We don't dead air uh, too much. Yeah, dead air. And, you know, some people just aren't cut out to do this shit. It's a little uh, bit more difficult than you would imagine, especially with somebody you don't know. I mean, we, you know, Matt does a really good job of making it easy because this is a Star Wars show. We're not grilling you about your fucking time in the military or whatever the right. fuck else you're doing. We just want to talk to you about your Star Wars fandom and, and what brought you here. So it's typically a little bit easier, but if you're not used to talking for long periods of time or, or talking in front of, you know, a, a digital group of people, then right. it can be a little intimidating. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jesus, tones. Yeah, yeah. there you go. It was a little baby Sarlacc one, but <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I do this shit for a living. I, I mean, outside of Tuesdays, I'm on here most days with my my camp, my Princess Leia hair on, <laughs> uh, talking virtually to students. It just it, it's nothing that phases me anymore. I mean, you, you hear me trip over my own tongue left and right. Years ago, that would have frightened the shit out of me. I was a very, very, and still am an introverted person outside of when I put the mat mask on and it's Star Wars time show. <laughs> Or when I'm in front of a, a bunch of computer science students. So uh, it's, I, I agree with the people. I do think the guests help. I, I loved having Nick in the mix. I think our build work, now that I know that we have a working s- system for that type of interview setup, it'll be uh, much easier on my OCD worrisome soul uh, to get those done. So again, on the interviews, we're looking to do one a month. I think our next is probably going to be uh, Bud Futu unless uh, something takes a dump. All right, Nick. So uh, before we get into our topics, not that we have a ton, so we're going to do, you know, maybe take some tangents and that's fine. (laughs) Now, there's just nothing going on in Star Wars, people. I mean, it's even the shit we have planned, like the the Luke wasn't initially uh, in John's mind for Mando, uh, Kenobi shooting updates, some new figures. It's like, all right, whatever. I mean, nothing that great. I'm sure Nick and I will, will, will... we'll squeeze more talk out of them than they deserve because that's what we do. (laughs) Um, But there's not much going on. So a few things I wanted to talk about. Uh, There was a question this week and we will try to get better. Uh, Nick gave up. So I've started doing it, (laughs) but I also don't do it until Tuesday morning. So I, I'm sorry, Australians. I know uh, it, it fucks you over in your sleep schedules. Uh, we're working on it. Even Spencer is starting to uh, curate questions of the week, and <laughs> I still didn't use them. So <laughs> oh, man. it is what it is. But, Nick, a few things I want to get into. And obviously, if you're on the stream, you've been seeing 
the one of the Star Wars families I've been spending a lot of time with recently, and that is the Rebels gang. But before we get there, I have to update everyone on my adventures and stonks oh, from last week. Nick, <laughs> did you get in any any of the the stonk frenzy so or any any I of the had, wild crypto swings that were happening? When I set up my Robinhood account, like. I don't know. Oh, long, so you were long. on the commie app then? You got? Oh you no! I mean, this done was anything. this was years ago. Like the, the like when it either first came out or whatever. This was at least three, four years ago. You, they give you a free stock when you set it up, and the the free stock that they gave me was GameStop. Funny enough. Are you serious? Yeah, and I, so I had one one of those, and I was like, Were you whatever. able to get it and sell it before they banned trading yeah, and all that? Yeah, I, I sold it for like 300 three like 325 Hell yeah dude that's 300 <laughs> free dollars yeah right? no no I'm, I'm i'm super pumped about it but then uh i tried to do the the coin one whatever the doge coin and that doge. thing is a piece of garbage like it is yeah it, it had uh i think it was big amish he was all happy that he he got like 50 in on it before it blew up 400 percent. but yeah no because i i bought it when everybody like the internet was like we're gonna make it happen like when there was a bunch of hype around it so it was oh, already yeah, when it was high. a joke like dogecoin was a true like joke and the yeah. guy was like oh shit this is actually turning into something and he actually did turn it into a real cryptocurrency yeah so it's it's fucking stupid so i bought in at seven cents which I mean, now it's at like three. So I just, okay. I took like a hundred bucks of my $300 GameStop money. <laughs> there you from go. The it was all share. fun money anyways. Yeah. It's all free. It's all free money. I'm not putting any of my own money into it, but that thing is hit the floor. As soon as it hits 10 cents, I'm selling all of it. So there, there you go. if it ever hits 10 cents, I've learned more about retail investing than I ever thought possible for my little squishy brain. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I've, I was operating on like some stop trailing percentages. I was doing some stop limits, some stop limit quotes, oh, all trying to ride the swings and shit. So no. basically, I, I I mean, obviously, I'm still here. So it's not like I hit big on, on last week's stonk runs. I mean, GameStop was really the, the darling. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I did, I just by chance got into AMC, Nick, before all the Reddit shit took place. I mean, I, I read about that it was going to get a cash infusion, which was going to save it from bankruptcy. I do believe AMC could be one of the theaters to survive uh, this pandemic. Yeah, so I was like, hey, fuck it. I mean, the stock was $3. As Nick said, you know, I took some of the money that was just sitting in my savings account. It wasn't like emergency savings money. It was like, hey, fuck it. I got, got two, $400. Uh, so I bought, you know, 52 shares or whatever, three bucks. And then all this shit starts going on. I'm like, wow, how lucky was that? I mean, my <laughs> my initial $200 turned into like 700 because of the stonk memeing. Yeah. And then because I'm a greedy gambling piece of shit, I was like, hey, fuck it. I'm going to buy another $400 at $8 a share. So I, I basically had... I think almost a hundred total shares of AMC, Nick, when, yeah. when all this was going on. And at one point it got up to 20 a share. So I was, I was sitting pretty on both buys, but, and you, you guys know this about me. I, I, I like legitimately suffer from FOMO in <laughs> yeah. all aspects of life, toy collecting, toy photography, Star Wars podcasting star wars fucking news posting it's that sick like they're the i nick, you, you, you can ask nick i've gotten way better i mean i used to be like oh my god we got to post this now we gotta get now it's like who gives a fuck if it gets posted it gets posted if not we'll just use the other article but I, fomo is strong with me just like the force was strong with the skywalkers and the, the whole time last week i'm like well 
but but look look what they did to GameStop. They 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 got it from seventy to like five hundred. I mean, what they get AMC up to a hundred. I, I know it was at twenty. It came back, but it could go. It could go, and it's like. It just starts going down, Dude, down, you gotta down, realize, down. Yeah, like the thing that I know about this whole thing is that the internet has the like the memory and the mind of a goldfish. Like yeah. it's interested in something for about four and a half days, and then it's gone. Yeah. So if you don't if you don't get in in that four and a half days, make your money and get out, then you're fucked. <laughs> like, so so here's how it ended. On on Friday, I was starting to kind of clear my fucking mind, right. I was like, you know what, dude? A profit's a profit. You got to operate that way. I mean, yeah. unless you're already rich and j- truly just use the stock market as a casino, as most rich people do. Yep. Y- you got to start operating on it. You know what? You still made profit. Even though you lost some of unrealized profit, paper profit, because you're a fucking greedy <laughs> job of the hut, you still have made a nice chunk of change. I mean, I'm talking like $700. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to sell all the shares I bought at 880 at 14. I, I, I made that move Friday. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the dice on my remaining 50 shares. So come Monday, what happens? Boom, they're back. The fucking stonkers are back. And they, they drove AMC from, I think it closed Friday at like, I think it closed at like uh, 10 or 11, 12 maybe. It opened Monday right at 16. Yeah. I was like, yes, I knew I should have held on to those. But then I was like, I'm a greedy fuck and I thought I wasn't. <laughs> and I thought I taught myself this lesson last week. But no, I'm going to hold again. So I, I held AMC to today. But wisely, I let Kenobi into my brain last night and I set up a, it's what you call a stop trailing percentage, Nick. <laughs> And the way this works is I essentially said, all right, at the current price of 13, set my stop trail percentage at 25%. So it basically said, whatever, if the stock drops 25% from 13, trigger an automatic sale. But the beauty of stop trailing percentages for those out there that want to learn how to be an idiot investor (laughs) is that because it's a percentage, if the stock goes back up, guess what? The percentage carries with it, and now your 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 sell price also goes up. So when you do stop trailing percentages, you're essentially hedging a bet, but you can allow the profit to grow if the stock continues to grow. But uh, like Nick said, the fucking party ended today. Yeah, no, it it's... it ended today. Because uh, when when the market opened, at least here in the states, AMC lost six bucks right off the bat. So my my stop trailing uh, uh, limit order essentially kicked off. Sold my remaining shares for nine fucking fifty. I could have sh- sold them yesterday at sixteen. But in the end, through my stonking in in crypto day trading last week, I, I made about a thousand dollars profit. There you go, cash well, money, <laughs> not on paper. It's been reinvested into other stocks. Yeah. So. No, I, I I didn't really fuck around with it too much. Like, as like to me, it's like you know they're, they're having fun, and I'm glad that you know the people, some of the people who made money off of it, donated it. They to, they, they took fifty three percent of that uh, hedge funds capital, so that I yeah. guess that's a good thing. Yeah, that's nice. And some people donated, but I mean, in the long run of the things, like. This isn't going to save GameStop as a business. No, no, this no, will ruin like, it. I mean, yeah. that's what they're saying about AMC. They're like, this actually fucks companies like AMC because it detaches reality yeah. from the tr- their true value. Yeah, exactly. Like GameStop, like, you know, 
And like I said, I'm happy that the people who made money, some of them are doing nice Fuck things. Yeah. I just read an article that's, you know, one guy who made the money off of GameStop donated a bunch of video games to a children's hospital. That's great. But like, I just don't want people to think that like all of a sudden this is going to save GameStop as a business. It's going to help oh, no, their no, employees no. or anything no. like that. Like GameStop's business model is dead. Like th- th- there's no this way. Was a, this was a game just to fuck over Wall Street. Yeah, this, this had was nothing to do with saving GameStop. Man. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, this was a, a fuck you to, to the hedge, hedge right. fund that had GameStop was just position. so shorted by the hedge funds that they're like, screw you guys. We're not going to let you do this. And mm-hmm. they essentially reverse fuck them. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was fun, and and it really did have the market doing some goofy stuff. So yeah. I, I I am a f- I am glad I had an E Trade account going. This day trading stuff can get kind of fun as long as you're not risking the farm. I just want to make that clear. I'm not yeah. I'm not that fucking crazy. Like I'm lamenting losses of 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 fun money. It, it was supposed to, it was money that was being saved anyways. It's not like food money or anything like that. So yeah. So now the, right. the only thing that I'm in is Dogecoin, and like I said, as soon as that hits. <laughs> A point to where I'm not losing money. I'm just going to sell it because I don't really give a fuck about like I love <laughs> like, I love the crypto market because it is so volatile. It's something that if you pay atten- attention to, for example, I, I've I've also fucked crypto a lot, like not physically, you know, gone out on dates with it and <laughs> slept with it, but made a lot of dumb moves. Yeah. So at this point in time, I only have about sixteen hundred in the crypto game, which is nothing. But that has come from only, I believe my initial cash investment was 500. So what I'll do is like, you know, I'll put in when I think Bitcoin's low. If it goes up a few thousand, I'll sell. Then I'll wait for it to drop again and buy back in, which gets me more coin because I now have more money because I made more when it went up. So I've added almost a thousand dollars just fucking off with highs and, and low dips in, in Bitcoin. So yeah. Good time. So that's what I was doing last week. Literally FOMOing out all day, not being able to pay attention because I was watching stock tickers. <laughs> uh, but it was fun. The other thing I did, XRP, uh, Big Amish, he, he's another crypto guy. Uh, he likes all the altcoins that, that are nothing. I, I, I understand I'd love to own a full Bitcoin because it would be worth, worth $35,000 yeah. today, but it doesn't matter. Even, even proportions of a Bitcoin a quarter portion of a Bitcoin <laughs> can still get you some money. Uh, but Nick, it really, what, what, what I've had on the screen now is, is what I consider to be, and don't throw tomatoes at me, live stream crew, <laughs> just, just hear me out. In terms of a Star Wars family, meaning they're not related to each other, but their bond has made them a family. Mm-hmm. In terms of the Star Wars family, Nick, I, I've come to the realization that the the Rebels crew, the Phoenix Squadron, the Spectres, whatever you want to call them, are probably the greatest non-relations Star Wars family unit in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, even more so than Han, Luke, and Leia. It, just because, I mean, again, hear me out. I love the original trilogy. Don't start yelling at me, Boba Fett fans. Look at the sample size we had with Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, and, and R2 and C-3PO. Not much. Yeah, three movies. Th- three movies and then bits and pieces in the sequel trilogy. Yep. The, the, the Rebels squad, I mean, they had four shorts and then four seasons. And hopefully more of them will make it into live action and we will get some sort of rebels animated continuation, which at this point I am demanding after my rewatch of rebels because and Nick and I, we were talking about this before we went live. 
it is it's just fucking fantastic and in the later seasons in particular the the tail end of season three and i'm in the season four now the opening you can really start to see where you know maybe john maybe dave maybe both of them have been picking cherry picking content to use in the the live action franchises yeah. that they've so gloriously kicked off. Yeah, end of season three, beginning of season four is all around that Mandalorian dark saber yes. lore and stuff. And you know that's when that's when Bo Katan gets the dark saber back, and you think that oh everything has been restored to Mandalore. You know the the rightful leader of Mandalore is now in place. Uh, but yeah, like you said, they they're definitely pulling from that, continuing those stories, and then you know changing them up. Not necessarily, you know, what we thought it was at the end of Rebel Season uh, or 3. Or continuing them, you know, yeah. just 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 adding a new layer to it. So I, I've enjoyed going through Rebel so much, Nick, and it is a lighter day. I I, I took down some notes on, on Season 3 and the, and the opening of Season 4. Just just some moments that were fantastic, but also moments that I forgot. And, and I'm not going to say they add clarity to what's going on in The Mandalorian, but it, it May, it does add some more backstory, maybe even more mystery or more potential for some of these uh, rebels threads and or characters to make it into the live action universes. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, I do want to mention that <laughs> I was watching one of the episodes uh, in season three, which honestly, season three. I need to get through four. We're only four in, but so I, I'm not going to put this, I'm not going to set it in stone yet, Nick, but I, I believe at this point in time, season three could have some of the best overall Star Wars narratives in it, at least for Rebels, if mm-hmm. not all Star Wars. A, it, you get a lot of Maul, Ezra, Holocrons, yep. Kenobi, Tatooine, Mandalore, Darksaber, uh, Dathomir. I mean, lots of great shit. Yeah. But... <laughs> Real quick before I get into it, so I, I, I I'm going through this rewatch with my daughter. It, it, it's something she's older now. Stuff's resonating more. I mean, I can tell all the shit we did when she was young has just been deleted. Yeah, it's, it's gone. The the memory wasn't formed enough yet to actually exactly. store like, that. Exactly. She used to know know her shit. Like you know, like all kids do. They just memorize crap. It, it's all been wiped out. So it, this has been a, a, a different experience for father and daughter to go through something. It, it's it's been special to me. I know she looks forward to it. But these days, she's starting to bust my balls for getting emotional over rebels. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We we're watching the episode. It's one of the notes I put down because it is such a strong episode. It's the one where Sabine does uh, decide to go back to what was it Crow Nest or her her Crown family's Nest, planet yeah. Crown Nest, mm-hmm. uh, where the the Clan Wren's stronghold is at. And you know, first and foremost, you you get to see how much they hate her at that point in time. Like Sabine is truly a a hated Ren, a hated Mandalorian. Oh yeah. Uh, you don't really figure it out until season four when you go through that opening arc and you realize that she made this nasty ass arc reactor that fucking melted Mandalorians, Mandalorians alive yeah. in their Beskar. I mean, it was it was designed just to kill Beskar armor wearers. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she, she gets back there and, you know, some shit goes down. She kind of proves herself again. And at the end is when she she looks to Ezra and Kanan and I think Chopper's there, too. And she's like, hey, guys, I'm I'm going to stay. 
And when she was <laughs> telling them that she was staying on Mandalore, I started to get all worked up. I was like, <laughs> it was sad. I don't know if it like relates to, to stuff I may have in my mind about the day my own daughter leaves or, I mean, it's, or, or it's whatever. Family separation thing. Definitely, exactly. You know? Exactly. It, 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 was, it was fucking me up. And <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to hide it still. Like I'm a man. I, I, I still try to hide it. But it was just, it was hitting me hard, like to where the tears were starting. And she saw the tears and she's like, daddy. Can you please turn your tears off? Oh, <laughs> it's like, my God, I'm trying to grow as a as a human, a male human, and show more emotion, especially around my wife and daughter. And what do I have? I have another awkward emotion dealer in my own daughter. Oh, like I can tell, God. she already can't deal with emotions like I like me. <laughs> She's emotionally shaming you. <laughs> That's what it Just... was. Like it, I could tell it was making her uncomfortable. <laughs> and and I'm I'm basically getting all sad because I'm watching oh, it with her. I'm yeah. thinking about her. I'm I'm thinking about family, a family member leaving to, you know, maybe go to college. I don't know. It fucked me up. But then she said, Hey daddy you piece of shit pussy turn your tears off keep That's your shit together dad exactly i mean i the only thing she didn't do was slap me in the face and say <laughs> keep it together god damn it something like that like snap out of it oh that's fantastic. <laughs> like i can imagine her like like i'm a, you know i'm one of those shell shock shell shock soldiers on a battlefield like oh it's over man it's over man game over man you know there's an alien for you and, and she just comes up she's like what the fuck's your problem, soldier? And just smacks me. Just like, get up, quit being a pussy, and join your brothers in combat. And I was like, okay, all right, thanks, Charlie. <laughs> oh, that's great. But yeah, I've been getting lots of feels from from rebels. So some of the moments, some of the notes I took from season three, uh, and and we're gonna get into this. Kind of why I'm talking about now, Nick, because our question of the week we were we were asking our fans. You know, what stood out to you? What moments from Rebels stood out to you? Uh, but one in particular in season three that I think is is great for those of us that like uh, Force lore, Sith lore, Jedi lore. It's just all the all the episodes with Maul and and Ezra and the Holocrons. Yeah. Right. Because uh, this is a season where Maul essentially <laughs> captures all of Ezra's friends to force him into using both Holocrons at once so they can essentially get a, a mega force beacon and, and see into the future. Or just kind of get answers to some of the questions they've had, uh, which which ultimately leads them to Dathomir. Where they go through a fucking night sister ritual. I forgot yeah. all about that. Because like uh, Sabine gets possessed. Yeah, but yeah. I that's where he was stashing the dark saber. Yeah. I I always thought for some reason I thought he left it on Malachor, which makes no fucking sense. Yeah, because Malachor uh, gets like blown the fuck up. Yeah, but but he I mean literally he set up shop on Dathomir, his home planet, probably yeah. at the end of Clone Wars, right when when he escaped Order sixty six. Yeah, more than likely. Uh, and that's where he kept the dark saber. But like Nick said. Uh, Sabine and Kanan get possessed mm -hmm. and that's the first time Sabine wields the dark saber but here to me this is the interesting thing Ezra I believe Ezra technically defeats Sabine possessed with the dark saber so in my mind <laughs> Ezra by Mandalorian law did rightly take the dark saber yeah I mean you could 
You can and he wielded it. He used the the dark saber and his his awesome green lightsaber to break their little table. You know the yeah. same table you and I fight in Star Wars uh, Galaxy <laughs> Heroes when the Night Sister event. That's where they like uh, had Maul or they had Maul and they they put him on that to get his right right legs basically back. all. All the Night Sister spirits yeah. are, are in the table, and they need bodies to come back to life. And they were going to yeah. use Sabine and Kanan, but then Ezra tricks them. But w- what I'm saying is, Ezra technically gets the dark saber by winning in combat. I can see that, but you could also argue that since she's possessed, it's not really Sabine fighting. It's like one of these Night Sister spirits. I don't think it matters. I think as long as you you win it in combat, you check that checkbox that Gideon was thrown in both the bo- face. Like you just need to beat somebody's body. Exactly. You don't need to actually beat them as a person. Because here's the other thing. So going back to my boohoo moments, when Sabine yeah. goes back to Mandalore and literally they, they fucking shoot her down. I mean, that's their thing. You, you truly get to see the prowess and the, the combat prowess of the Mandalorians when they're in groups. Yeah. I mean, they don't even fucking use ships. Like if a planet comes into their airspace, they just jetpack up there and fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyways, they, they, they take down Sabine. But we learn there, like Sabine's like, hey, I got the Darksaber. And, and Ursa's like, fuck you, you did. You didn't win that in combat. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, she proceeds to take it and then gives it to Gar Saxon because at that point, uh, Clan Wren is kind of appeasing Clan Saxon because Clan Saxon is in bed with the Empire. Empire yep. And that's, uh, and, that's, and like that's where, where you we get learn... introduced to the Imperial Super Commandos. And all exactly. Those. Exactly. Because, you know, even Bo eventually tells Sabine like, hey, I mean, at the end of the Clone Wars, uh, the, the, the Jedi, the Republic kind of left me in control but saxon fucked me over and, and that's how she you know, so we don't even there. really know because if sabine didn't win it then the lineage, no, no, no. like hey, the I'm, fight I'm, between ezra and I'm sabine not done doesn't yet. matter i'm not I'm not done yet nick because okay. like i said this was a revelation to me because i thought like you did and probably most people that sabine just got the lightsaber you know ezra gave it to her like hey fuck it here you go and have at it but in this same episode where I was getting at, you know, eventually they go through some shit and the Wrens uh, start to realize that Gar Saxon is a scumbag and, and he really has abandoned most of the Mandalorian way, most of the culture. Uh, Sabine, uh, Ursa gives Gar the Darksaber. Okay, did, okay, go ahead. So she gives it to him, so he technically, again, did not win it in combat. Yes. But... Once shit goes down and they realize that, hey, you know what? Gar Saxon is kind of a scumbag. He is only about the Empire. He doesn't really fuck care about the, us. Sabine duels him with a lightsaber. Yeah. And beats him in combat. So Sabine did rightfully, according to Mandalorian law, eventually earn the Darksaber. Okay, so this is... But here's the question. Because this is the same shit that is with Harry Potter and the Elder Wand and all that stuff. So did Gar Saxon beat whoever had it first? Because technically, just because Ursa Wren gave it to him doesn't mean anything. That, that's what it, I mean. No, well, he, he did not. It was given to him. So then it doesn't matter that Sabine beat him. Sabine would... Whoever... If, if we're following this, you have to win it in combat from the last person who won it in combat to get it properly then whoever was the last person to win it in combat is the person that's being see I, I know what you're saying i know what you're saying yeah. i don't know if it, it, it if it does have the harry potter like yeah. trail system 
or if it is truly, if you just, if someone's wielding it, whether they earned it themselves or not, if you kick their ass and, and they yield, you, you earned it. That seems kind of fucked up. Cause I could just like, I could, if I was, if I was Bo-Katan, I'd be like, Hey, drunk asshole, hold this sword. I beat him up. And then I was like, I want it in combat. There well, you go. I mean, that, that's why it, things are plot holes. <laughs> yeah, because I it, it, I, I mean, I took it as like Sabine at this point probably still has the best claim in my mind. Cause she at least beat an enemy that was wielding it against her and, and took it from him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know what you're saying. It, there's a lot of conveniences here because I mean, I don't want to get to season four yet, but essentially at the end of the opening uh, two episode arc, that's where she does just say, Hey, Bo, this is yours. And Bo does accept it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and all the clans are there. Like Vizsla's there. Well, technically, there. I mean, the last person to win it in combat was Maul, right? Like yes. to win it in combat from the person who rightly had it was Maul. So, uh, like, I mean, there, there's, there's too many little nuances here. And yeah. I think that's why Dave was just like, Hey, fuck it. Fight we'll go it. back to, you have to win it in combat bullshit in the Mandalorian yeah. so because I, it makes, it makes that story more interesting. Yeah. So it's, it, I mean, it would be interesting because I mean, he wasn't, Maul didn't have the saber when he got killed on Tatooine by Kenobi. So it's not, no, it was already in Sabine's possession. Yeah. It was on Mandalore or, or Cronest or whatever the fuck planet. They, I live mean, on really the, the, the lineage of that, of that system died with Maul then. So then you would pick it up somewhere else. I don't know how they would decide. Maybe, maybe that was it then because Maul was killed without having it on his person. Yeah. Well then why, why'd Gideon throw it out there and why did Bo I mean, basically Gideon, accepted as gospel. Because I mean, yeah. Gideon's a mental fucker. Like he doesn't. I, I understand. Yeah. He, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he, he had a, he had a, an end game and it worked. Why is Bo-Katan the one going, oh yeah, he's right. Yeah. I think, well, cause they're, they're, we're probably going to get in, <laughs> get more story filled in. Like, uh, Gene Carlo said with him in season three, season four, how he got it. Yeah. And I think once we get that backstory, then we will see like, oh, he beat this person. Who had it? That's yeah, because that's the other thing. Like, if Gideon didn't beat anyone, he just stole it. Then it's it's all bullshit. It's still, it's still all fucked up. Yeah, but so, if we so see it either a scene goes. Here's like, how the Star Wars Time Show boys are, are breaking this nuttiness down. <laughs> Nick's belief is it, it's it's Harry Potter like, where yeah. whoever has wielded it, they're, they're essentially it, it, there's a, a, a hereditary path almost. Yeah, you have to you have to defeat the person who it is bound to. Right. Where where I'm going now, just based on all the plot holes Dave has created, I'm going, as long as you beat somebody up that was wielding it against you and trying to kill you, then technically that checks the box. It could. Yeah, it definitely could. I'm interested to see, though, how they handle the Gideon thing. Yeah, because it's huge. For example, if they show Gideon fighting Ursa Wren and Ursa Wren has the Darksaber and then Gideon kills her and then takes the Darksaber then holy fuck, there you go. Then you know where Bo-Katan's coming from. She's like, okay, he is the rightful owner of this sword because he killed Ursa Ren in combat. And that's why yeah, she that's a good point because, I mean, I, I, could, I could see Ursa being used for that purpose. That'd be good. I mean, obviously it can't be a... A Cree, or maybe it is a Cree's, because that, that's the other thing. I mean, you do get some of the so other that, main clans in, in season four when, you know, Bo holds it up and they all yeah. pledge to her. It's like Clan Cree's, Clan Vizsla, Clan Wren. Yeah. And they're the, the ones in the all green armor. I forgot their name, but Clan Bobo or something like that. 
And they were all willing to accept her. And this was obviously after her and Sabine took out that arc reactor that Sabine initially created that the, uh, I guess it was Saxon's nephew or some shit was wielding it against yeah. Mandalorians. And uh, that was fucked up. That was another great one. Cause even Thrawn, that's the other thing. Thrawn's in season three and in four. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah, sorry, uh, Trevor. He's like, oh, what's going on here? We're, we're, I'm just talking about some of the interesting stuff that I have rewatched in Rebels that I think could relate to Mandalorian and just to Stump for Rebels because it's yeah. it's it, it's it's way better. It's even better than I imagined. And I explained that last week where I think when I watched it the first time, it was just yeah, it's something on the background. I might be fucking around on my phone. Now I'm doing very dedicated, focused uh, watch viewings. Movies. Yeah um so yeah the, all the dark saber stuff dark saber stuff is very interesting and i think that you're gonna get we're gonna get way that's gonna be like primary story thread through season right. three it, it, i believe that and and i believe that's why gideon ends up still being captured i do think they will interrogate him and that's where we will get some of the uh just the the blank canvas aspect of what happened on mandalore in between well really at this point I guess would be somewhat after Clone Wars, you know, yeah. maybe see how the Saxons and possibly Gideon through the empire, uh, get Bo out of the way. Uh, and then obviously whatever happened once she got the dark saber up until the Mandalorian timeline. So there, there, there's two gaps that the cartoons uh, never cover. Like yeah. rebels didn't cover it. Clone Wars didn't cover it. And, and that's prime pickings for either, another animated series, maybe some Bad Batch action for the clone, you know, post-Clone Post Wars, Wars Mandalore stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, uh, the, the possibilities are endless with Gideon and, and what the fuck he did. Because clearly Mandos know about him, they hate him, and mm. he knows everything about Mandos and what makes them tick. Yeah, yeah. It's Season three has the potential to be, if you're like a like a hardcore Star Wars nerd like us and you know we just spent 20 minutes talking about the dark saber like season 3 has the potential to be the best season yet cuz you, yeah, you have I, all yeah, of this definitely, explanation coming. It's where it's found again. Then you see I mean that's another great uh segment episode when Kanan works with Sabine and how he struggles with that and mm-hmm you know, kind of pussyfoots around and, and doesn't treat her the way she should be treated to train. Yep. Then you get where, you know, she reconciles with Clan Wren. And then uh, obviously at the end, you get where Ezra has to go back and ask Clan Wren to help them out against Thrawn, who, you know, Thrawn's a master fucking genius and figured out all their plans. Yeah. And, and, uh, but luckily the Mandos come to save today. And that's the other thing, like Rebels, like I said, and we've seen it. I mean, I mean, how many of us popped collective boners when we saw uh, even just Cobb Vanth and Din take off in their jetpacks and do some shooty shoot, right? Yeah. I mean, in this show, you, you have like little platoons of them organized, all Clan Wren in their gold-accented armor, yep. or Vizsla, or Krees, and you get to see why, why people like Gideon and those in the Mandalorian timeline are like, we can never let a large group of Mandalorians organize with their weapons ever again. Yeah. Because they're almost more dangerous than the force users were. Yeah, man, it's going to be, it would be really cool to see like to tie in, like say this, if they like tied in an Imperial angle to death watch. So like, so like death watch is essentially, you know, they are this crazy splintered off group. 
But the reason that they're like that is because the Empire has infiltrated it and convinced them that like it's better to not be a part of the core Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean that, that's the other. I, I I haven't even brought up Fen Rao and the Protectors. Yeah. I mean you, you get all that shit, and, and from Fen you you learn more about the dark saber, and that's where you get kind of the little thing about Tar Vizsla and how it can unite the clans. You get that history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from him, when he first realizes that Sabine's in the group, he's like, "Hey, fuck you." You guys were in Clan Ren was in league with the Vizsla nut jobs. Yep. Yep. So like Vizsla's always been toxic. They, 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 they hated Sabine for many reasons because oh yeah. of her ties to Ren and then also and because the she was an Imperial. Yeah. yeah like she's right. she an Imperial scientist, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so it just it, it really it Rebels just it has has really opened my eyes. I mean, I've watched it before, so I, I didn't go in the Mandalorian completely blind like most people, but it, it's opened my eyes to what Dave was doing back then and how he's taken that work and is, you know, to all of us, heightening it, making it better, uh, finishing some threads in the live action. It, it's just yeah. great. Uh, uh, other stuff in season three, I mean, obviously the, the, the Twin Suns Twin episode Sons. is is, yeah. is magical. Uh, that's where you finally get <laughs> you finally get Maul's uh, life resolved. The the demise it's so messed up, man. Too like, and it's it's kind of it was kind of a fitting end for that character who was so tortured through his entire life to have. I'm glad that they portrayed it the way that they did. Not necessarily the fight. I don't like a lot of people are upset that the fight was essentially one move. No, it's that the fight we've went over yeah. that before. There's no, I mean that 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 fight was perfect. Yeah. But what was what was even more perfect was that the way that Obi-Wan treated him after yeah. it was over. Like it was he, a loving kill. Yeah. Like it was a sad death for, for both of them. I, mean, yeah. I think Maul felt relief as yeah. Kenobi did, but but I think Kenobi was sad. I mean he I, I believe he almost calls him a friend at the end. Yeah, <laughs> it was very close because like Kenobi Maul felt up, bad for Maul at that point. Yeah, like, he, he really generally like, felt he, bad for him. He saw this guy come up to him and he's sitting at the fire and he's like, Your whole life has been Awful hating me and hate. hating me that's it yeah and i think at the end it was very it was kind of touching to hear maul say like they were both talking about luke and they he's essentially the maul one. was like protect him like he yeah. is the one who will you know avenge us Un- unfuck all this stuff yeah. and we knew we knew maul i mean he he knew what was going down we learned that finally in clone Wars season seven i mean he, he was no dummy yeah maul was a galactic player there's no fucking doubt oh, about yeah. it galactic yeah. player i, I mean, mean he took he, over the crime syndicates uh if he could have just convinced ahsoka he might have stopped palpatine's plot uh, uh that's why know, we and, and, and some of the other stuff nick in season three just his relationship with ezra yeah is one of the most unique bonds in all of star wars because it truly is a dark side character Working with a light side, but doing it openly and just always saying, yeah, he's my apprentice too." Kanan. Yeah. Like he just, he, he just pressed and pressed and pressed and finally gave up on Ezra when Ezra, when they're on Dathomir and Ezra's like, no, dude, I'm not leaving with you. You, you, you fucked over my friends. I'm going to try and save them. And that's where Maul's like, damn it, Ezra, if you just <laughs> listen to me, you and I could do great things. And he leaves in his, you know, gauntlet starfighter. Yeah, it, it was. It's really great. Uh, I mean that season three was fantastic. One uh, six says, "Do you think uh, he wants to know if we think that Hera is going to show up in the Ahsoka show?" We talked about that a little bit last week. I think. I think. Yeah, Ranger. I think she'll, she'll yeah, that Rangers or Rangers or for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think li- live action Hera to me should be a no brainer because I mean that's another yeah. character. 
because she has always been the 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 mom military commander type part mm-hmm. of the family. And really, by the end of season three, you can see how she's working her way up to General Syndulla. I mean, she is running the essentially the Phoenix cell with with Atto or Commander Atto, whatever the fuck his name is, Sato, Sato, Awata. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they're meeting up with Dodonna, who's running the Masasi Temple cell, which is our cell, like the the, the yeah. OT cell. It's just fantastic. But you can see like the respect that Hera is already starting to command amongst the rebels and nick the other thing rebels gives us it shows us the true formation of the rebel alliance yep right uh, during rebels they're all cells uh, i mean you got you get some saul guerrera stuff i mean there's there's a geonosian episode where he's going back there because he knows that they can they have information about you know why did the empire wipe out all of geonosis they must know something and obviously it's the death star we know it but they don't know it yeah um, but Rebels just great. I mean, the, the growth with Ezra and Kanan. I mean, Kanan going blind, and by the end of season three, through his talks with the Bendu, you can see that he has become like an actual master. Uh, and then season four, some of the skills Kanan's doing without seeing. I mean, he he is a true master at that point. Yeah, it's just good stuff. And then you gotta love Ezra's crush on Sabine. <laughs> yeah, man, it's 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 one of the more underrated pieces of Star Wars. Um, I guess you would say Star Wars history, Star Wars lore, mainly because if you remember when Rebels first came out, everybody was pissed. They were like, Disney killed Clone Wars for For this. this. Like, this is what they, this is a Disney, this is Disney's thing. This isn't real Star Wars, blah, blah. (laughs) It was all that shit that came out right after the Disney. Like, that was like the first time that people were angry at Disney was for rebels and killing clone killing clone wars that was and it never really recovered from that in terms of like people's perception of it who hadn't seen it and like even in my conversations with like other star wars fans and everything like my friend kelly who i talk to uh pretty often about just random star wars shit that pops up she had just finished uh or she was like watching something and she's like man I'm so pumped for Rebels now. I was like, yeah, Rebels is really good. Like, people didn't give it a shot in the beginning, but Rebels is fucking solid. And it's it's never, like, even still talking to Star Wars fans, they won't give it a shot. And, you know, it, it is one of the shows, too, where I really feel like you got to get past the first season, like, you know, it, or a decent way into the first season to really start enjoying it. Like... Once the Inquisitor shows up and stuff like that, then then it starts to get a little bit more interesting. But but really, you're right. Like end of season two, season three, season four is where that show really starts to shine. It's just, I mean, even even season two, because that's basically all Soak Invader stuff. Yeah. And then it ends with the, you know, Twilight, Twilight of the, the Apprentice. Apprentice. Yeah. It, it, I mean, even season one, because that's where the, you get to know everybody. You see the bonds forming. It just like I said at the, at the onset of this tangent topic. <laughs> To me, the the Rebels crew, Ezra, Kanan, Chopper, Sabine, Hera, Zeb, are probably the greatest Star Wars family to date. Unrelated, yeah. Right. Yeah, unrelated. Right. I mean, just you have a large sample size, a lot of good Mm -hmm. stories are told. And and as I said before, it's set during my favorite era. So you get a lot of the minutia that you never you never saw even in Rogue One or the original movies. You see the setup. Uh, 
Yeah. You see how these cells were working separately, then how they started to come together, then how they started to get support from the big wigs in the Senate, like uh, Mothma and Bale. Yeah. And you really see the force building up to our Rogue One moment and then the A New Hope, you know, the Big Bang. Yeah. Because uh, even in season four, where, where I'm at, that you get a two episode arc with Saul where he's really starting to get radical he's getting real crazy like yeah he's, he's yeah. got the crazy gray hair finally he's getting a little chubbier because in season three you get a two a two arc act with him too he's a little slimmer and bald but now he's getting nuts just fucking killing stuff left and right yeah. the other rebels are like eh, he's a little too insurgent for us uh but even there you, you got you got hints about Jeddah and the kyber crystals, and you saw the Death Trooper. So, I mean, it was even starting to paint some of the pictures uh, of the narratives that were going to be told in Rogue One. It really is just a fantastic companion piece uh, to the OT, Rogue One, and that era in general. Yeah. Fills in a lot of gaps. Uh, but really, to, to put this to bed and to address one six shooter again with, with Hera, and obviously she has the kid at the end. The more I think about it, I mean, yes, Hera could definitely crossover into the live actions but a, a good rebel sequel because let's face it any of the ahsoka sabine ezra thron stuff is going to be in the ahsoka series at this point yeah but an argument could be made nick for a a true rebels or a new rebels animated project that does focus on Hera, her probably force sensitive son zeb and chop yeah. And and I think that you know what what did Harris start doing in the rebellion when say maybe Sabine was out doing stuff with the Rens because yep. we know Ezra's off the map, we know Kanan's past, and we know Zeb is hanging out with Callus playing tummy sticks or something. <laughs> so I I think there's also potential for a a Hera led rebels sequel. Yeah, it's That's, very possible because we know that she is around like Hera's around until like Till the at uh, least squadrons. I mean, she's she's the she's the general in squadrons, and then yeah, yeah. next right. I mean, uh, forty years down the road from the rebels timeline, or forty five, she's she's still around, or at least a ghost is. The ghost maybe it's is, her, yeah. maybe it's her son flying it. But yeah, but that has a lot of potential. Like, I mean, you could also play it to where, I mean, now that Luke is in here, and we're gonna, you know, we'll get to that topic soon from from Favreau. Now that Luke is in here, it opens up a lot of possibilities. Like if she, if that son is force sensitive, like he could be one of the members of Luke's Jedi Academy, along with Grogu and that, you know, like some of the other potential, you know, right. apprentices that he finds out in the universe. Um, but it does like I do think that his kid is force sensitive to answer Trevor's question. Um, I mean, we haven't had any proof of it, but he's the son of a Jedi. Um, so I would think he is. But it could like that could totally play out to where you have Hera essentially working with other people, other rebels, like a different group of rebels, um, but also interacting with Sabine and interacting with, yeah, you know, yeah. Zeb and Callus and all of these other. Right. Like, I mean, it, it. The, we'd still have the ancillary rebels around, but the main focus would be, you know, her, maybe Zeb and Chop and the boy. Yeah, I think uh, so. But I, I mean, at this point, Nick, we, we got to get Ezra. I've always liked Ezra, but but watching him now and the journey he goes from long hair, coat wearing Ezra to green lightsaber, angry at first Ezra, he is a very interesting force user. Yeah. He's not whiny farm boy Lukish. He's not overly cocky Anakin. 
He's not wise and sage Obi-Wan. Yeah. He, he's not even full dark side Maul, but he, he kind of has bits and pieces of them all just based on his yeah. upbringing and when he finally got trained. He's I mean, as he's, close to what you could consider like a normal person as a Jedi or as a force user. Yeah, like he's, he's probably one of the first Jedi to to be brought up in the in the force or in Jedi tutelage where they weren't going right off the books. Like yeah. you, you can't love, you can't do this. I mean, hell, Kanan's banging hair the whole time. Yeah. So he's not he's not telling anything about attachments. Yeah. So I mean he, you could argue Ezra is probably what you know Ray and them ultimately became in this, uh, we can't say gray Jedi, but the, 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 they didn't learn from the the idiots that let the uh, Republic fall. Yeah, exactly. Right? It was it was way less formal. It wasn't even by a, a master. Um, so there's a lot. I, I of, agree, but I'd, I'd I'd wager by season four, Kanan is a true Jedi yeah, master. Yeah, by that time, but initially it was it was by a you know a. I mean, bro, he's doing like Anakin Skywalker type of battlefield actions in season four and the dude can't see. Uh, I I know that doesn't make you a master because obviously they didn't want Anakin to be one either. But through his work with the Bendu, through his work with really the Rebels, Sabine, Ezra, Kanan, in my opinion, becomes a very learned master by season four, a very focused individual uh, much more so than we saw him in, in season one. I mean, him, all the rebels grow, uh, but uh, Kanan and Ezra grow the most to me over, over yeah. the four seasons. Yeah, I think they had, they definitely had the most growth to go through as well. Because when you, I mean, when you are, when you're Kanan, especially like you're, you're essentially the first time you meet this kid who's got force abilities, you're like, fuck, it's, it's my responsibility to yeah. do this even though i know it could get me killed and like and he didn't want to do it he yeah. didn't think he was good enough i mean there, there's an episode in season one where the empire is essentially using the rotted corpse of luminara unduli to still call out the jedis because they see her her essence yeah. and kanan's like thank god you can actually get a real master because i suck i'm an idiot and i'll just make you bad uh, but no, it's a, it's it's really good stuff, man. I mean, Rebels, fantastic. Let's go, Rahul Cooley. It's got to happen. I want him <laughs> and Sabine to have babies. I, I love I love the way like you, he's got a crush on her from moment one, and she always looks at him at least for the first like two or three seasons like her little brother. Yep. But I I do believe probably by the end of four, where Ezra essentially saves the day, that she she might be. Uh, Little she interested. might be uh, getting some twinkle in her eyes towards uh, young Ezra, yeah. who who we can clearly say is about two to three years older than the Skywalker twins. Yeah, at least two to three years older. I yeah, because he's well, he is he turns fifteen in Rebels season one, which takes place five years before A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, so I, that's why I, I've placed him about two to three years older than the Skywalker twins. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, give Rebels a watch. It's on Disney Plus. If you haven't watched it already, all of it's there. You don't have to worry about a chronological playthrough like you would. I've also found, Nick, and we've we've mentioned this before, but on Disney Plus, if you if you go to Rebels, I believe if you go to the extras or the suggested, they do. They did keep up the curated playlist of like, hey. Here are like the Ahsoka episodes, I believe, to go through. That's nice. Uh, That's nice. 
But I mean, if you really want to, if you really want to, uh, you know, get a, a a deep dive and be prepared for the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and Rangers, because I think a lot of stuff's going to be pulled from here. Just just rewatch it. Yeah. I mean, they, the episodes fly. The seasons go even quicker. I mean, I'm trying to temper season four just because I don't want it to end. And as H. Green and a few others have said in the chat, I am not looking forward to going through the Kanan sacrifice moment again. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Uh, I remember that the first time, and and I believe I, I, it wrecked me. I mean, as a first, I was like, holy shit, I've never had a cartoon do this to me before, let alone, you know, Star Wars outside of you know, my, my weird dad issue stuff with Vader and Luke and return of the Jedi. Uh, but, but Kanan's sacrifice is just it, one of the greatest Jedi moments in all of star Wars, hundred percent. Oh yeah, dude. It's like, it's touching and it is, it's really one of the few times that you do get to see a Jedi. I mean, like, think about it. When's the last time you got to see a Jedi go out heroically? I mean, really it was, obi-wan kenobi and then connor luke and leia were not born on empire day they were born on that moon right at the end of the clone wars i know what you're saying i know ezra's born on empire day but i I, ezra is a bit older than the skywalkers yeah I mean, were, I mean, right. The, we we see the Skywalker twins get born at the end of Rots. So yeah, right, of- right when the Empire rises. I, I mean, is that Empire Day? I don't know. Or did they wait a week and then Palpatine had a big like uh, Russian military march like to parade. declare it Empire Day? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm going with Ezra is slightly older than than the twins. No, he should be. Yeah, he should be based off of. I mean, five like. Yeah, if it was if Rebels is set five years before um, A New Hope, that means that Luke was Luke was 19 in A New Hope. So he would have been 14 when Rebels started. So maybe he's a year. Yeah, maybe older, he's a year. Right. A year maybe older. Because, yeah, Luke was 19. And you said that that Ezra just turned 15. I thought he was 18, but now we're just getting goofy here. So yeah, he's, I'm he's going 19. to the Internet machine because <laughs> this is important shit. Yeah, we got to get according this to. According to Wikipedia, Luke was nine. Luke was nineteen. I'm almost positive. He was born nineteen BBY. Yeah, two so. days after Empire Day. So I'm still right by not by not by much. Let's see what Wikipedia says for uh, Ezra. So Ezra was born on Empire Day. That that's established in the show. Luke was born nineteen BBY two days after Empire Day on Polis Massa. Died 34 ABY on Acto. So, All right. so Ezra was born in what year? I'm, I'm doing that right now. Okay. Don't worry, fans. We're figuring it out for you. Okay. Yeah, Give us a is, break. This is, this is important shit. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting it. That, yeah. they're, they're giving him 19 BBY too. Okay, so, so they're the same age. They're two days apart. <laughs> he's two days apart. <laughs> Never mind then. We were wrong. And for BBY, Bridger learned that his parents were killed. Why? T- yeah. So yeah, that's the the show stuff. All right. Well, there we go. So um, it, it's not years; it's days. That's yeah. what I meant. Couple of days. You, you guys, <laughs> you guys heard me wrong. I was saying it right the whole time. All right. So no more bullshit. Yeah. But either way, uh, we love Rebels. You all need to love it. If you don't. Go rewatch it no, immediately. It is a yeah, and let's get Rahul in there. Let's go, let's go. Ahsoka series. I don't give a shit. Get him in there. Yeah, 
and Thrawn. That, I mean, that's a guy I haven't been talking about the bad guys yet, but fuck is Thrawn so good in that show. Like what, what he does when he learns that Callus is an agent and how he uses that. And I mean, he's just a Mac daddy. Yeah. He goes to that plan on Lothal where there's a higher rate of malfunctioning Empire War Machines than any other planet. And he just starts making the workers test the stuff and they're dying left and right in front of each other. Yeah, that was fucked up. I remember. Yeah, I mean, that, dude, that's Thrawn, though. Like he but he also was yelling at the, the, the Saxon air like, do you really think it's a good idea to use that weapon and essentially turn the the point of culture the the epitome of the mandalorian culture against them essentially their armor which makes them protected now you're going to turn it into their weakness he's like that's probably a bad idea but that's how thrawn thinks like like he knows that it's really uh, people's passions that can fuck up a great plan versus uh, you know strategy or this that and the other thing yeah yeah exactly so yeah All it's right. good stuff Excellent. So that was your uh, your uh, kind of rebels rebels religion, if yeah. you will, your Our rebel religion rebel. school. Yeah, that's fine because some of this shit we're just gonna blow through. There's not much to talk about. So I, I I wanted that. I wanted to pay homage to this crew. All hail the ghost. All hail all hail Specter. One, <laughs> two, three, four, five, and six or five. So, did they ever give Chopper Spectre designation? I can't remember. I, can't, I don't remember either. You gotta love Chopper, that fucking asshole. All right, man. So let, let, we'll actually get right into this stuff now. Hopefully, people somewhat enjoyed the Rebels talk. You never know. You just you just really never know when you're doing the Star Wars thing here. Um, yeah, get get a life day. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, that's we got a, a we got a life day story coming up. For you. <laughs> that, that's what one one six put in there when we were arguing over Empire Day, this that and the other thing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, moving here, Ewan McGregor, uh, he popped on Eddie Izzard, who I guess does interviews while he's running marathons. Oh, wow. Uh, That's got to be hard. Know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you had a chance to, uh, let me unfuck the browser window. I don't know if you had a chance to check this clip out, but basically our buddy Ewan called into Eddie Izzard, who uh, I guess is a comedian. Yeah, Eddie is. Have you ever seen um, Oceans, the Oceans movies? Yeah. He's Roman. Okay. He's the guy. He's like the technical guy who comes in when when uh, their technical guy can't figure shit out. He's the guy who All built right. the fake egg. So anyways, this this Eddie guy is doing a nice thing. He I guess he's running marathons for a charity. But while he's running, guests call in and talk to him and... He he got you in the call in, and, and the interesting thing for us is that you in finally cleared up some of the nonsense. You know, Nick and I, we always tell you most of what you read on the internet is bullshit. Yeah, not. let us filter it first <laughs> to get uh, to mix our bullshit into it before you fully process it. But what you and said, he's like, listen, all the all the all the rumors that Kenobi shooting in Boston, Boston, UK, Boston, US on islands here or there. He's like, it's all bullshit. He said, we're going to be shooting it in LA late spring, 2021. There we go. So there you have it. Kenobi is going to be shot just like the Mando. It sounds like they're, I guess they gave it a new name. Stagecraft, stagecraft. technology. Yeah. That's so Disney can sell it by the way. Yeah. Lic that's license the, it. That's the TM. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's going to be in LA, which means hopefully 
we'll we'll get some leaked set shots. You know, some some of the stuff you've seen from Mando because you know sometimes they do have a, a an outdoor lot, yeah. which they use predominantly for the Tatooine scenes in Mandalorian. Which hey, it just kind of makes sense that they would be shooting there. So Kenobi in L.A. late spring start. Uh, so at this point in time, Nick, I it, Kenobi has to be twenty twenty two, right? Yeah, almost certainly. Like. I don't know how many episodes <laughs> it's going to be. Probably four to six, I imagine. I don't know if that's been confirmed or not. If if it has, somebody. I know. I think the last number they were kind of kicking the tires on was four, mm-hmm. and, it, and I think it was going to be about like a two, two and a half hour long movie when it was all said and done. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it probably won't take all that long to film. Then, I mean, you, you got to figure what three months shoot if that. Yeah, I'd then, say, yeah, two, two to three months because the volume, like, they never have to really do a full on setup. I mean, outside of like those of us that do Digirama, you might throw a barrel here and a, a hovel there, but for the most part, you're. You're not doing a set, ton of set building. Your it's, set dressing is all done in a fucking computer program. Yeah, so. so you don't have to worry a lot about that. I mean, if you got action set pieces and stuff like that, then that's going to require a lot of setup too. But I imagine that given the late spring start with the normal turnaround time for post-production reshoots anything like that that needs to happen definitely 2020 probably early 2022 it's also the oversaturation uh metric we've talked about where i at earliest nick earliest they could probably get this thing ready for december 2021 yeah but then you're also talking about you're knee deep in book of boba yeah, you're, you're. Or, or possibly the because I, I mean I, I I'm almost positive, and I make shit up so don't trust me, but I'm almost positive they said at least one of the new shows they announced, be it Ahsoka Rangers, will also debut in 2021. That's what I heard. That's what I thought as well. Is like they were talking about either a, I think it's Rangers that's supposed to. I I understood it as go at the same time or to have a very similar start time as Boba, but I could be wrong there. I mean, yeah, because they, they use weird things. They're like, oh, they're going to be set in the same timeline. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, well, that's in universe timeline. What about watching the, yeah, timeline? Like, when is it coming <laughs> is it, out? Is, you know, you're going to watch Book of Boba one Friday and then Ahsoka the next Friday. And the, we were intertwined. all like we really thought that we would have info on the drop date of bad batch already we were expecting bad yeah. batch in like march at the I, I agree i agree and i we agree. still haven't heard anything about the release of that so this is not like the the 19 to 20 transition where you had mandalorian right into clone, clone wars. wars season seven like we've had mandalorian done and now we're just, we're just waiting we're like yeah, because I, I think it was right about this time last year, Nick, Clone yeah. Wars hit its its final season and, and yeah. went through like March or whatever. Yeah, it, it had the yeah, it had February, March and it was done. But we don't know. We yeah, we have no news on when. when and I just I I, I highly doubt they'd ever drop these all in the same month because it, it's a business decision. You, you I mean, there, there's not many suckers like Nick and I that probably just keep our Disney Plus up and running because we signed up for multi-year deals and whatnot. There are people that just come in, consume, and then cut. Yeah. Turn if you're on, smart, if you're smart, you 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 space that content out to make it harder for people to want to go through the canceling and re-up process. Yeah, because now, I mean, now that you have the Marvel shows launching, WandaVision's out there, 
you you're spreading your content out across multiple franchises and multiple times during the year so it's harder to just be like all right go for a month drop it go for a month drop it it just doesn't make sense Um, hey now hey we got joe in here hey now hey now hey now hey now but um, hey now i mean this so this this is basically hard confirmation of what we said last week that the set that we saw in the uk was Andor. it wasn't a kenobi set like we figured that out yeah. on the show anyway we'll, we'll give young liam a little credit for maybe hit, are you pointing sure that out. liam's only the, 16 the, liam doesn't yeah, know right. a lot of he doesn't things. even have rights yet yeah really. like he doesn't really know stuff <laughs> i'll say that liam said uh, right. the he word said Andor, and right and then, and then we yeah, were we, like we stitches together yeah and then we actually did the work so he he may have had a hand in it but Liam's got to get his high school diploma before. Oh, uh, look who's in here. SW Props, who might be able to give us some updates on the Kenobi shooting now that it's happening out in L.A. Hey. Wink, 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 wink. I hey. can't wink. Look, wink. <laughs> I just, can't wink. Matt's wink, wink. Blinking. Blink, blink, <laughs> wink, 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 wink. I really am. I'm, do, I'm trying to like, uh, I can't do it. Ah, ah, ah. It's like me trying to do the, the Spock thing, the Vulcan thing. Oh, I yeah. can't do it. Can't, can't do, do it. Can't do brain, the live long literally, and prosper. Literally, come on, brain, come <laughs> on! Ah! It won't do it. It just won't do it. Yes, everyone, I got rid of the porn stash. Sorry. It was. It. it, it I like facial hair when it's a beard and it smells and everything. But it, when it's just a mustache and it, it flavor saves a little bit, and then you get a whiff of that later on in the day, I wasn't. I don't know. For some reason, I wasn't feeling it. Um, and it just. Uh, okay, here, guys will relate to this. I shaved the mustache and I got laid this weekend. So there we go. <laughs> there we go. It's definitely related. <laughs> Tied together. There we go. Yeah, I, I finally got some. I think it was directly <laughs> related to the fact that I shaved my mustache off. Yeah, you didn't look like, uh, a, like a serial killer. Anymore. No, I, I let my, my four-year-old dictate what my face looks like in terms of the hair growth. And she's like, you know what, Dad? I'm getting kind of getting tired of that creepy thing, so get rid of it and here we are yeah all right but yeah it'll be interesting to see what the hell happens uh, it's just uh you just said wandavision you got me on that it's like i my haven't god. seen the most recent oh episode. dude mm-hmm. oh my god it's it's you know, all coming it's all coming together clear now yeah yeah that's what i thought so i'm gonna uh i'm going to watch that today it, it's um yeah i'm not gonna say anything because you haven't seen it but you start to see the genius of the MCU again. And anyone that was like, what the fuck are these idiots doing? Just again, just relax. Just give them have time. faith, have faith. This thing definitely has a plan. And, and now we can kind of see where some things are going and what things have been happening. So uh, I'm excited. Nice. I am excited. But yeah, Kenobi, LA shoots. Let's go crash the set, steal Ewan for us, hold him hostage, and we'll get him on an episode of the Star Wars Time Show. There we go. There we go. (laughs) All right. So, like we said earlier in the show, there wasn't really a ton of shit that happened this week in Star Wars. So that's why you had the hour long Rebels kind of dissertation and a little bit of bullshit before that, too, about stocks. But one of the other stories that we had was from. John Favreau about our good buddy Luke Skywalker who showed up at the end of season two of Mandalorian and he just wanted to let us know that he had no initial plans for Luke to be in the show at all prior to him actually sitting down yeah, and, and I like actually writing. when we post this Nick we got some choice comments here this actually 
uh, kind of like how Blaine was explaining on his now 15,000 liked uh, Captain America Red Skull post. Yeah. It, good, bad, or indifferent comments will drive the fuck out of the IG algo. And I think someone's like, really? I'm pretty sure it was always planned, idiot, or something like that. It's like, like, bro, that's I'm not, literally... I'm not the one saying it. I'm just relating what the fucking creator said. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, if you're pretty sure that it was always planned, you should let the guy know who wrote the show. And, yeah. you know, maybe he would tell you something different because because he wasn't so sure. Yeah. Uh, unless unless this guy who, who commented was the real writer and then John Favreau is just stealing all his work. Uh, just an knows? update. Those on the stream, it's going to get fucking wonky. I can see it right now. Like, I don't know if my full Internet connection's dropping or what. Oh, yeah. it's. I can already see it. It's starting to skip a little bit. Uh Oh, yeah, it's Uh-oh. bad. Like, I, I, I'm I'm not even outputting a meg of of up upload at this point in time well that means that all of you who are watching on a live stream need to go pick it up on the podcast platform or your choice after the stream is over because we may not be able to make it through this motherfucker anyway let us continue on um favreau was talking to wga just about his you know about season two of the mandalorian about his process for for basically writing and creating the show and they asked him about the Luke Skywalker reveal. They're like, well, what about Luke? Was he there the whole time? And uh, this was what John says. He says, the story unfolded as I wrote it. The Mandalorian inherits a great deal from existing Star Wars stories. And when I write, that context is always a consideration. It became clear that within the established continuity, certain things were likely to transpire. So from what I'm reading there, it kind of sounds like they didn't go into season two saying like, all right, well, you know, at the end of season one, they're like, all right, well, here's how season two is going to go. And the end of it, Luke Skywalker is going to show up and then bang, that's our big dealio. It was kind of like as, you know, as he was writing season two and he he's going down the logical paths for what could happen at the end, given everything that's transpiring. He's like, well, we got, we have two options here. One option is Ezra. One option is Luke Skywalker. And for my storytelling purposes, I think that Luke Skywalker would fit it better. And so it wasn't like, all right, we're going to have the Mandalorian season two and Luke's here. It was he came to it organically as he was writing and then fitting in the story pieces with everything else that was around it, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm trying to deal with the, uh, the tech here on the on the back end, Nick, and just seeing what's going on. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely my internet is and it dropped this morning. So yeah, I mean, uh, if we my, can't my, get my it up, upload is just straight bunk right yeah. now. If we can't get it up soon, then I say we abandon the live streamers, let them go wallow in their own sorrow, and continue the show. Um, but I mean, it's it, it is very cool that he he does kind of la- allow. The story, you know, he's he's not forcing things into the story. He's allowing the story to to essentially fit into the the, the timeline and dictate itself in a way. Um, yeah, so I, was, I mean, honestly, Nick, cool. I was I was extremely surprised at this. You would think something like bringing Luke Skywalker back in his prime would be something that you know was was discussed heavily and planned yeah. out, but. It seems that you would think that they have some light areas they want to hit on and then they flesh them out or John does. But it does seem like he just kind of opens up his his notebook, be it 
digital paper, whatever each season and just kind of writes the story and sees where it sees where it takes them. Yeah. And that also shows how much faith they have in John and Dave, because you would imagine if it was any other creator that was doing this, they'd be like, well, you want to use Luke Skywalker in a TV show. Let's uh, let's talk about that for a little while before we just put it on paper and and decide to do this. He essentially was just like, hey, we're going to use Luke. And they, from what we can tell, gave no resistance. They're like, yeah, go for it. And, and, and he used him to good effect. So uh, Tones is saying I, in the chat that he read somewhere, I'm assuming Facebook, that Kathleen Kennedy was pissed that Luke was in the end and took the gleam off the High Republic. To me, that, uh, that, that literally, literally sounds no like, a, like a Facebook misinformation <laughs> post. So that, that, that's yeah, my comment that, on that. <laughs> Tones, don't believe everything you read on the internet, especially the things that you hear on this podcast. Um, no, no, that makes no sense. How would that take the gleam off of the High Republic? It's not even like the High Republic isn't even in the same media boat as the Mandalorian. I think they're talking like the like the news stories and the media attention around it. Oh, there was no media attention around High Republic before Luke was known to be in right. the Mandalorian. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. I mean, it's it's probably just the, the yeah, clickbaiters. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's it sounds like what Disney like trolls are trying again. They're trying to make Kathleen Kennedy seem like the bad guy when literally nothing bad happened. The High Republic, the two High Republic novels that released were the were, were both New York Times bestsellers in their first week of release. One for the young adult novels and one for non-young adult novels. So they, they, like Luke being in there might have even helped it because people are more excited about Star Wars again. They're like, fuck, Luke's back. And look, we have new Star Wars books. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. Like, I don't I mean, know how if that anything, would it probably, If anything, it was like a shot of steroids Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, for, I, for Star Wars fandom. Yeah, I, I wouldn't see how that would detract. But um, cool story. Kind of gives you a little bit of a, an insight into his process as well. You know, he doesn't... It, it seems like he doesn't have... You know, like we, we always imagine that these long-form TV shows with multiple seasons and stuff like that... They get into it in pre-development and they're like, here's all of se- here's all the seasons laid out. Here's season one, two, three, four, five, and you have everything kind of decided already. But I mean, you can see from this quote that he was, you know, Luke was a more organic decision made that wasn't really something that was planned from the beginning. Very cool. I also saw an article this week. I, I, I didn't read the whole thing. I, I did what I yell at everyone for doing and just read the title. Um, but they, 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 their position was Lucasfilm and Favreau fucked up by not having Cal Kestis be the Jedi. Ow. That's so dumb. Again, like, I don't know. It's kind of what I said when, when I saw the title. That's why I didn't read it, but that's, yeah, they fuck like, how did they fuck up? Or was that like an opinion piece? Like it should have been like that person thinks it should have been Cal Kestis, the character that nobody knows about. Yeah, I guess they're they're saying like uh, you would have had more potential to kind of grow this character who isn't a a main like a you know like a, a Luke Skywalker. That's what so. the video games are for. That's literally right. why there is a franchise called Jedi Fallen Order that follows him and his trials. So, All right, well, back why. on the technical front, I'm back to green lights on the upload. Uh, I, I do not know if, if YouTube is receiving the, the good signal yet, because it yeah. looks like it's still saying air. 
blah, blah, blah. Well, so those watching, if it, it may unfuck itself here in the next few seconds. Yeah, we'll see. But we're going to push on with our limited topics for this month. This month, I mean, hopefully it's not the whole month of February for this week. Um, and yeah, real this, quick on the Luke thing, because yeah. I was slightly fucking around, but... Do you think, oh, there we go, excellent cl- connection. We're back, people, on the stream. This is why we do we do dual recording. We got the audio only <laughs> and the live stream. You never know. One version a week will be fucked up. That yeah. you can take to the bank. <laughs> but do you think, Nick, did, did John go to Dave and kind of like be like, hey, man, can I do this? Is this going to fly? Or do you think John was just like, you know what? I'm right and right. Yep. Yep. It's got to be fucking Luke. I'm doing it. I don't give a shit. I think that's kind of how it was. I don't yeah. And I don't think it's like, I don't think John did it in a way that was like, I don't, I don't need to see if this is okay. Like he probably just wrote it the way that he thought it was appropriate. Yeah. How, and then how the story was have, flowing. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you have, you know, Dave will read it and then, you know, some of the, I'm sure some of the executives will read it, and if there was anything that was in there that was uncouth, then they'd be like, oh, let's have a conversation about this. But I don't think that he felt he needed to clear it. If that yeah, was I don't need I think a lot of people have the misconception that, that Dave is, is the god, and he is. Mm-hmm. He is a Star Wars Jesus, but yeah. John Favreau created The Mandalorian. John Favreau writes The Mandalorian. John Favreau allows others to play in it, and John Favreau is not an idiot and knows that Dave Filoni is a Star Wars storytelling genius, so he 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 uses him as a soundboard nonstop. Yeah. But but I I do think John is the vision of the show, has control of the reins, and is the ultimate driving yeah. force. And, and look, if there's if there's one Disney, you know, company man in that room, it's fucking John Favreau. <laughs> like if you like everybody who who's like. Disney this, Disney that, Disney's terrible. John Favreau's been working for Disney for fucking 20 years. Like, did they have, uh, did they have, they did not have Marvel at the uh, onset of the MCU yet, right? I believe, oh, look man. that up real quick, Nikki. Yeah, I don't think they, they did initially. Because I believe that's what made Marvel sell. They're like, fuck yeah, we can yeah, finally no, make pa- some money. Paramount Pictures was yeah, Iron Man 1. So I think Marvel after Iron Man 1 or whatever, they're like, shit, we, we can finally get something out of this license, this movie license. Let's yeah. sell it. Yeah, it's like, get this shit away from <laughs> Let's me. Let's fucking sell it. We, we somehow got lucky on Iron Man, but there's no way that'll happen again. So let's fucking sell this shit to Disney. Yeah. But uh, by that... Bought yeah. some Disney stock today. It's dude. I mean, Disney is Disney is probably one of the safest stocks that you could ever. Buy. Yeah, I mean, uh, Disney, Apple, Microsoft, GE, Tesla's. Whew, that's a fun one to play with. But yeah, Tesla, I mean, hey, yeah. But, nothing, nothing wrong with Disney. But yeah, I mean, like, but even outside of Iron Man, Iron Man Two, and stuff like that, he made fucking uh, Jungle Li- Book. Yeah, Jungle Book, Lion, Lion King. King. Uh, like he's continuing now. He's doing Star Wars. Like he is the he is the quintessential. I, I would also Disney imagine Nick that that he may have a piece of what they're doing with this stagecraft stuff because I don't know if it if it was Disney that gave him the idea to use that tech or if he brought it to Disney. I believe it was him bringing it to Disney because that was the big joke. Where if you watch, I think it's the the first behind the scenes season for the Mandalorian. He's like, Oh, this, this shit's great. 
anyone can use it yeah. blah 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 it's free open source and then by the second one the the, the brass are like yeah we're, we've built like four <laughs> volume studios now that we're going to lease and license the technology out to people to use yeah and, uh, he def that definitely uh changed the tone a bit <laughs> like he was uh, yeah it's like uh, uh, favreau brings him this this cool gaming tech that that he had the foresight to use and whatnot and they're like oh yeah we can turn this into a disney product yeah, yeah. he's like no we can sell this shit <laughs> we'll, we'll fucking understand how this works we'll, john <laughs> yeah we'll pay unreal their licensing fee or whatever for ue4 and we'll just call it stagecraft the volume yeah and we'll, we'll license either the whole set to people or the the idea idea of using the technology to make movies yeah i love it you got you know there's probably a lawyer mix up there somewhere (sighs) yeah good stuff all right (laughs) moving on all right moving on to the the new book that was announced recently life Um, day it's it's a life day book yeah hold on ellie's jumping up um but the Luke, like honestly, the most news that we've gotten out of star wars recently has come out of the lucasfilm publishing initiative um and and this new one here it's 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 not something big it's like a little uh a little piece of news um it's called so there's a new book coming out by Kevin Scott and George Mann and Kevin's a big high republic guy Kevin right? Scott is the is the writer of the second upcoming uh second in the series high republic he's the uh i think it's called uh the dark rising or something like that um, so him and George Mann wrote this book. George Mann also wrote some like the myths and fables book for Star Wars. And it's called Life Day Treasury Holiday Stories from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. And it's going to feature eight, uh, eight short stories from the Star Wars galaxy that all happened on Life Day. Um, the stories will feature uh, holiday related themes and, uh, you know, I guess you would say themes like hope family kindness and love so it's like a like christmas book kind of yeah yeah it's like i mean i guess the stories are all taking place on life day but but they'll be featured you know there's going to be a high republic era story there's a if you're on the stream you can see the graphics they're going to do ewoks in the snow i guess that was scott's pitch in the first place is like hey here's a book i have an idea just think ewoks and snow and they're like do it write it print it sell it I mean, stuff like this is fun. It's it's nice, especially like for kids. I don't know what these stories are going to be about. They're likely not going to be, you know, more mature stories since their their themes are hope, family, kindness, and love. Um, but it's stuff like this that just continues to add to the universe, that continues to add to the lore and everything else around it. Um, the book is going to be, is available for pre-order now on Disney books link in the star Wars time.net article. And, uh, it will be released on September 7th, 2021. So you got a while till it comes out, but, uh, the, the publishing initiative is really getting a lot of love these days. Uh, whether it be the high Republic novels, whether it be the comic books that are always coming out, whether it be these, you know, separated stories, um, well, yeah, they quit here. fucking making movies. You, you got a lot of shit freed up when you just quit making Star Wars movies. Yeah, it also costs a lot less money to write a book than it does <laughs> to make a movie. You know, you're not paying you're not paying a book author 150 million dollars to write a book. So, oh my you know, god, you, you could pump out a lot of content for that. But I just want a Star Wars movie, Nick. I just want a Star Wars movie. Go back. I and love. Watch the, I love the shows. I just Attack want a movie. of the Clones. That's, All right, I might <laughs> go watch AOTC. 
No, I mean, we're probably not going to get any movies for a little bit. But you know what? There's content to consume out there. If you are not a bullheaded person who just for some reason believes that all written word is bad. Um, I never said that. No, no. I read com- I read comic books. You read they have comic pictures. Books. You listen to books, or you listen to one. Well, I chapter tried. Of yeah, a book. I downloaded it and listened to a few paragraphs. Yeah, you listen to one chapter uh, of a book. I just I don't know, man. I mean, like I said, if, if if I have a stern episode to listen to, that's always first in the in the pods when I'm out doing my old man. As I tell my daughter, I'm 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 doing like a security check on the neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, in terms of my. My update on on reading, like I was telling, I told Matt before we went live, I I read slowly, but not in terms of like how fast <laughs> I read the words and pages. Like, I my name <laughs> is Nick. Yeah, I like red trucks. Not like that. <laughs> I, what what I tend to do is I'll get a new book that I'm really excited about, like the High Republic, like the Jedi. The first few days I had it, I read like 110, 120 pages. But then I just stopped reading. It wasn't because I wasn't interested. It's because my brain is messed up. Yeah. Like yeah. I have ADD. Hey, welcome ADHD. to the fucking club. I'm, I'm glad you finally admitted to it because that's all I ever talk about <laughs> is how fucked up my brain is. Yeah. So like since then, since I read the first 120 pages, which I really enjoyed, I've only read like 30 pages since then. And in those 30 pages, a lot of good shit has happened. Like you got introduced to the <laughs> Nile. Just not enough to read another 30 pages. Dude, it's just, it's so weird, man. Like I was, so like this, the way that the book is broken down is like now I'm on part two of the book, which now we're past the tragedy. So I, like okay. I literally stopped at the page that said part two, the paths, and that stopped. So I don't know if my brain just triggered like, this is a stopping point. Stop you know, reading. Like, yeah, you just stop. Like, does your body, like, everything just stops? I mean, your arms drop the yeah. book. It's like, boom, you that's just it. fall like, over. Like, brain like, shuts down. <laughs> yeah, and then like, that was it. <laughs> he's like, he truly is like a lobot. Like, his, his yeah. headset just turns off for the day and he goes into a recharge state. Yeah, exactly. But right before <laughs> that, you get introduced, you get the introduction to the Nile. And what I thought was really cool about that was if you've seen Firefly, the Nile are introduced and described just like the Reavers. They're okay. just like this marauding band of people, like the people who come in contact with them rarely survive. Yeah, they just ugly, des- mean motherfuckers. Yeah, right? they just destroy everything that they come in contact with. If you see them run and they even describe their ships very similar to how the Reaver ships were. There's like war paint on them, which is just yeah. how the Reaver ships were in Firefly they're, they have like this weird, like you remember in Firefly when the Reaver ships are going along, they can tell before they get there because they're, they're shooting off this weird like energy signature from their engines and the, the Nile ships are just like that. Like it's described as having. Yeah, I mean, like, the way the, these things have been described as a a serious threat to the known galaxy, yeah. uh, just as serious as what's going to happen with the Sith. You gotta wonder, considering they all disappear, who do you think wipes them out? Do you Dude, think it's, it's Sith, or do you think it's the Jedi? I mean, 200 years before, man, they, they fucked around in the unknown regions. It literally could have been, like, Plagueis or Palpatine or something like that that was like, look, we don't want to yeah. have to fuck with you guys and fuck I, I, with the galaxy as a maybe, whole. Maybe, I mean, I'm, this is a, a big stretch, but maybe the Acolyte 
maybe that's maybe like the, the, the end of the Nile through through a Sith learner. I, who knows? But uh, they're 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 not mentioned at all in the existing timelines. I mean, they've yeah. they've only been created for high. So yeah, it's, something's got to happen to them. That's uh, either like a, an extinction event, or they just get so fucking beat down. They they go, okay, we're good. We're going past the unknown regions. We're going past where the Yuzon Bong were from. We're out of here. Like we're just yeah, fucking we're just done with you guys. Out. I mean, it could be that the Jedi take them out because obviously they're they're the key enemy, one of the key enemies in this series. Um, or it could be that the acolyte does touch on that, and we do see like this this new growing Sith presence in the unknown regions just start to obliterate everything that is not under yeah. its umbrella. That's not a part of their. I, I just I I mean it's. They're probably going to have to cover it, and I think it is going to be something. It has to be something huge. Yeah. Like, obviously not in an, an extinction-level event, but you you get my gist. Yeah, like, like, they, they, they like just, something fucks They just them get up. fucking, like, if we're looking at a battle map, their pieces are there. Someone just comes in and fucking swipes them right off. Like, yeah. see you later, Nail. Now it's time for us to be the baddies. Yeah. It, dude, now that I'm thinking about it, so, so Acolyte happens. We know this is 200 years before um the you know the known universe of star wars 200 yep. years before anything could the acolyte be palpatine like is he that old is palpatine 200 years old could we be could it be plagueis like could it could the acolyte show be sent around a character that we know i possibly they've also but she i think they've gone on record female saying led. female led but also no one we know about. nobody we know but okay. You could still loop in named characters like yeah, that or, or, or threads like that to where, you know, maybe uh, maybe the reason Palpatine is who he is is because of this acolyte. Yeah. Maybe they're the ones that kind of planted the seeds in the plan or did I'm, it with Plagueis. And I mean, I, I don't think Palpatine's going to be around. He can't be around 200 years prior because we, we know when he is actually born. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe his master or or other people that were fucking around in the dark side. I'm really interested in that show, man, because that one's going to be like so much different than anything that we've seen. Yeah, it, totally. I mean, everyone, the Mandalorian obviously has has broke new ground, but it hasn't. It, it's still in familiar territory. Yes, it has multiple decades of of gaps. It can fill in and do whatever it feels like. But the look of it, the characters, the the main themes happening are very familiar to OT era and, and early sequel era, to be honest with you. So the Acolyte, as Nick said, would be completely unique uh, outside of maybe going to Coruscant mm -hmm. and, and, and just seeing that because, I mean, that that's a city planet. It's always looked like that. The reason it is a city planet is because it's been around for so long and they've just built and built and built and built and built to the point where you essentially have skyscrapers reaching into the upper atmosphere. levels of the atmosphere. Exactly. Uh, but, but yeah, outside of that, I would think Acolyte is as un Star Wars as we've seen. Yeah. As outside of the normal. Yeah. Out, outside of maybe people that have read the high Republic comics or read the books and formed mental pictures. Uh, only those people should have an idea of what the galaxy is going to look like at this point in time. So I, I'm with you, man. I think the story has potential. The setting has even more in terms of just like, oh, wow, look at this shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe maybe go to Yavin 4 and actually see it populated, the temples being used and lived in and active 
who the fuck knows? Yeah. Who the yeah, fuck knows? Definitely could be. I mean, you and you I, could see the actual Masasis because the Masasis right. are not human. <laughs> so I'm uh-huh. I'm all down for new, unexplored, never before tried things with Star Wars. It doesn't always work. I mean, we heard Blaine last week. He was ready to light Kaz Ziono on fire from the Resistance cartoon. Yeah. And many people that listen to the show also think it's hot garbage. But hey. You got to give it a try. You got to see what happens. You got to see what sticks. Uh, So as Nick said, this book here, Life Day, Treasury, Holiday Stories from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. It is dropping this year, right? September 7th, 2021. Available for pre-order now. Um, Go to the link on StarWarsTime.net in that post. You can pre-order it if you want to. It's through Disney Books. It's not on Amazon yet. So um, I'm sure it'll pop bat is saying in the chat he finds the hub the high republic material is best experience on the shitter on the shitter there you go right. i mean you do have a lot of extra time when you're on there you know just you don't get- stay too long people because you don't want to develop hemorrhoid clusters like i have over my life by spending too much time on commodes and pushing too hard right? <laughs> yeah don't do that they're they're no good and, and i'm sure you a lot of you have done it in the past you know literally legs start to go numb <laughs> if you have marks on your thighs from your Especially arms resting you, on you know, it for so now long. Now in the phone era, because you can sit on your phone, do whatever you <laughs> all want. Day. All day. Yeah, all day. I mean, there, there'll be times yeah. I'll be sitting there. It's like, oh, shit, there goes the legs a bit. I bet I got a fucking hemorrhoid about to dangle out. It's gravity, people. If you're just sitting there, th- those roids, they want to come out. Yeah. <laughs> and you're giving, the, you're giving them an excuse to. So don't spend too long on the pot reading. Something my mother warned me about when I was young, because I'd bring papers in there, magazines, shampoo bottles. You never know. Uh, but, it, but it can bite you in the ass, literally, when you get older. <laughs> I've got like a family of roids that, for the most part, hide. But when they come out to play, they do not make life fun. Yeah, it's a little, a little upsetting. They suck. Dude. <laughs> Hemorrhoids suck. Have you ever, do you have a roid? No. No, good. You're lucky. <laughs> no. Are you you're probably not like a, a long focus shitter though, are you? Do you go in and just kind of get it done and leave, or do you like to meditate a bit? Recently, I've just been in and out. I mean, when I was younger, I would hang around for a little bit, right. but yeah, I, I just I've never got people and just kind of go in and let it slide out, stand right up and wipe and feel <laughs> like that was it. I it, it's a process for me. It is it is like meditation. <laughs> All right, so there's some poop talk for you. All right. We do we... have some we do have some toy stuff yeah. to talk about. I mean, that's kind of how we initially tricked some people to listen to our show. We're like, I was like, hey, watch this. I'm in this toy photography community. <laughs> a lot of people like toys. They like to collect them. Maybe if we start talking about the toys and their pictures of toys, they might actually come listen to us talk about Star Wars. And it worked a little bit. A yeah. little bit. We do have some fantastic super fans that came from that community that like talking toys. So we do, we, we still keep the toy segment in there. It just comes uh, later on in the show. Yeah. We make you guys wait for your content. Okay. <laughs> we used to put yeah. it right up front. And then everybody who wasn't a, a, a toy They're like, fan what is this shit? you be like, what the fuck is going on? I don't give a fuck about a, a, a three inch Darth Maul figure. Get this the fuck away from me. Right. And then th- this week, we, I opened with like a 10-minute talk on it stock stops. trading. Yeah. So who so. the fuck knows anymore? Again, you know, welcome you to gotta the Star like, Wars talk yeah, the, show. These days, you just, you know, it, it's, for the most part, it is a talk show. Yeah. I am never, ever, 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 I'm not a fucking idiot. Never would I compare us to Stern. 
but that is kind of the model. We, yeah. You know, we got some shit to do. We do have some planned topics. We do have some guests now and then. But for the most part, it's me turning on the mic and seeing what's going to happen and then seeing what Nick reacts to. <laughs> okay. Some days I may talk about hemorrhoids. Other days I may talk about shaving my mustache so I can get some action. You just don't know. Yeah, you never know. That's what makes this show good to come back to week over week is because even though we have some loose topics to talk about, we just talk about random shit most of the time. <laughs> Tones, I'm guessing Tones, sorry, before we get into this, Tones uh, threw out something interesting in the chat. He said, what about Mother Talzine as an option? I'm assuming for Acolyte. I mean, it could be. We don't really know too much about no, the, and and they have they, they, the Night Sisters have established canon and history through the Clone Wars, mm -hmm. and then again the Rebels. Like I just said, you, you go back to Dathomir, you see where Maul's been living. But he he loosely talks about the Night Sisters, their uh, their uh, their magical abilities, and all this yeah. fun shit. So it would just like for that, it's like what is your what's your ultimate end game? Because we like we've essentially seen the primary story of Mother Talzin come and go in, in Clone Wars. And uh, I just don't know if you would get a lot of people interested in it. I mean, yeah, it's very it would be very cool to see in live action the, the you know, the the magic, the force magic that they use and everything like that. See the the essentially the, you know. The rise of Mother Talzin to yeah, the head they of the are Nicest they're very Order. interesting, aren't they, Nick? Because yeah. they're not Force users per se, but they have tapped into some magic. powers in the universe. Yeah, it's literally they call it magic, M A G I C K, in Star Wars. Well, and even Maul, like what, what, Maul's like, we're going to use some of the old magic. Yeah, so it could be, but I just I would want to see what your end game is. Like, you know, yeah, like in the end, I, I do think Acolyte's going to be pretty fresh in terms mm -hmm. of main character. Um, it, it probably will take on the form of the Mandalorian where, you know, your main character is an unknown and hopefully grows into someone that changes the Star Wars landscape. I mean, the Mando was easy. He looked fucking cool, right? Yeah. It was like, yeah, he like fucking you were looks from rad. I'll check this out. I mean, if he's like this uh, Boba guy and he has a jetpack, he might do some cool shit, even though Boba in the movies didn't, but he still looks like a badass. So I'll check it out. And I think they're going to approach the lead of Acolyte in the same way. It's not going to be a known character, uh, but I'm hoping they're stylized. So yet maybe Night Sister, whatever Ventress was, maybe her race. Yeah. Uh, shit. Was she a Night Sister? I mean, I guess yeah, she of. was a Night Sister. And I mean, yeah. she's Dathomirian. Like she, that is right. her race now. The, she, the, clearly that planet was into some of the funky side of Star Wars. I yeah. Mean, it, Cause you had the Night Brothers, the Night yeah, Sisters. Yeah. You could produce force users. You could produce force users and magicians. You yeah. never know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think Acolyte lead will be someone new and, and hopefully that grows into someone we fucking love. Yeah. Or hate if they it truly are a bad person. I really hope it is dark side focus, man. I really do. It has to be. I mean, dude, Acolyte and the logo is like all lit up fire yeah. red. I mean, come on. It's gotta yeah. be. Look, so so here's like I had an idea for a story a while ago, like when I was like writing my own Star Wars fan fiction. It was actually pretty cool. And it could be pretty cool if this is what they do here. I would, and actually kind of, it could work. So the story that I was writing and that I got, a, a, you know, six, seven chapters into writing 
was a story about a Jedi who infiltrates the the Sith Academy and essentially tries to, I mean, really his mission is to pass as much information back to the Jedi as oh, possible. Dude. I mean, that, that, I think this is the script for Acolyte. It could, because if you, like the Acolyte could literally be a Jedi yeah. who infiltrates. Yeah, like a, a double agent. Yeah, exactly. He was a double agent who infiltrates the Sith Academy during the High Republic time. Because if they know that the Sith are working out in the Unknown Regions, which was the story that I was writing, like, the, the Jedi know that the Sith Academy is there, but they're not open yet. Like, they're not a force in the galaxy. They're doing it clandestinely. So they're like, we need to get as much info as, as possible. I like that. I, like, I, I, I would like the Acolytes definitely to be mixed in with, with the, the, good, the good guys, mm-hmm. but not really a, a good guy. And that, Dude, again, that would be completely different Star Wars. Yeah. And, and, and for the most part, I mean, I wouldn't say Disney has taken a lot of risks with Star Wars outside of deciding to hire three different artists to create a trilogy. <laughs> um, they haven't done anything wild like that. That that, that would be wild. That I mean, would be it, some dude. I I really. How, I mean, how many finish. Disney shows out there in general are about bad guys? I mean, how many shows are about bad guys? Not many. None. I mean. Not in any significant way. Like you have that move that show Lucifer. I've never watched it. I don't really know what it's I, about. I, I mean, in my mind, Breaking Bad was probably the best that's show probably, about an evil person. Yeah, that's the closest you're gonna get. But I mean, could you like? I would really like that seeing a show about a Jedi infiltrating. I the do. Sith I do Academy like that idea. Like, I do like that. Like the way you, that, you could you could sprinkle Yoda in at that point. Then the way that I did it when I was writing it was that he, him and his his master could communicate through long distances, but without the force. So like in old star Wars canon, there was a Killick bond, which if like you could, you could form a Killick bond with somebody without being a Killick. So like, for example, in the old novels, Jaina solo and her friend, like her once boyfriend spent a lot of time with Killicks during the Yuuzhan Vong war and the two of them formed a Killick bond with each other and they could communicate with each other through emotion, but without using the force. So that was how I had the yeah, master. It'd be like a, like a walkie talkie that. Yeah. But they didn't rely the on the force because if you, if you were using the force, yeah, obviously the, the, they the would. Sith would immediately be like, you're a fucking yeah. spy. And then right. he could also cloak his, his like his force presence like because like usually you can read people sometimes like you can tell their dark side or light side like he could cloak what he was like they couldn't tell that he was a, a light side force user um, well nick if 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 that's what happens when this drops let's uh we'll get I'm the legal sue team the piss yeah, out we'll, of we'll get the swts legal team on top of it yeah because i, still I think at this point the- uh, we'll I put Spencer in charge of legal too. So he's yeah, now PR and legal. I still have that story on my laptop. Like it's just sitting yeah, there. Yeah, see, he's got proof. Yeah. You I heard mean, it here first. If if anything resembles what Nick said, he wrote this story like a decade ago. Yeah, I literally it was probably a decade ago. It was probably twenty eleven. And it, it will also it will it, it, it will perfectly is exemplify our slothness. When it comes to our Star Wars ideas. I know, right? And the fact I would that sometimes actually, like, we may have a good one, but then we just fucking let it die. <laughs> like, honestly, if it, if it does end up being even in that ballpark, I would at the same time feel so fucking good about myself. Yeah. But also just so fuck like, 
horrible. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it would it would be <laughs> probably a, a bigger a bigger gut punch than like a you know caressing your balls type of feeling. Yeah, but it, it would be nice if if that if, if that actually happens. You need to like send it off to them. Be like, hey, I did this. I did it. Then obviously, you know, great minds think alike. Can you at least let me become a writer for the next season? Yeah. Can you give let, me let me let me do an uh, an episode or something? Yeah. Give me a shot, please. <laughs> like here. Oh, yeah, dude, it was fucking that. That. All was right. Cool. All right. Let's so, get into toy stuff. Yeah, back to the toys. We actually, uh, Hasbro had a, a fairly large news dump last week. And I have to say, Nick, coming out of this, what Hasbro's doing with the vintage collection, again, for people that aren't in the know, the vintage collection would be your standard scale figure. So 118 or 3.75 inch are on this show the size of my wiener. Okay. <laughs> And, you know, this is what Kenner started with, Hasbro started with over the years. I mean, Kenner, you had just the arms and legs and head would move. Hasbro, they started making them. Everyone kind of looked like they were on steroids in the, in the upper body. And, you know, they were, they were nostalgic to collect because that's what we all, a lot of us started collecting were the, the, the 3.75 inch line. I collected 3.75 inch all the way through Rogue One. And then I just kind of stopped because I saw what was happening in the Black Series line. The, the $20 figures that are 112 scale are about six inches, so, you yeah. know, double the size. They had way more uh, points of articulation. The face sculpts were way better. The accessories were better. I mean, for, for people that wanted to display figures and or shoot them, the Black Series line was the best for the value, right? Yeah. 20 bucks for pretty good-looking figures. Recently, I'd say... Uh, very recently, maybe within the last six to eight months, tops, the vintage collection line, in my opinion, especially with this Darth Maul we're looking at right now the, on the live Maul stream, fucking sick. has essentially come, you know, uh, parallel to lockstep with the Black Series line in terms of the overall quality of sculpt, articulation, uh, paint applications, accessories, so on and so forth. And it's also driven up the cost. The, these little fuckers you could usually get for, you know, six, seven dollars. They're now twelve, thirteen. Whoa. Yeah. Still cheaper than twenty to thirty, which the yeah. black series come in at. But still. That's yeah, but I mean, penny. hey, man, you, you gotta like, you, you gotta cover the, you gotta cover the cost somewhere. So yeah. just pass it on to the consumer. Don't just worry about you know making your product better for everybody. Make it better, but then pass on all the new uh, tooling and machines you needed to make them better onto the consumer. Yeah. Either way, they they unveiled a a shit ton of new TVC. Uh, some black series and some other stuff. And it actually, you know, caught my eye to the point of, of throwing up a post. I haven't been doing as many toy posts. That's probably why my entertainment earth affiliate credit has gone down. <laughs> uh, but in addition to the mall, and this is the mall based on his season seven clone wars appearance. So he's yeah. got, you know, like those light Brown pants, his tunic. He's got his, his Zabrick chest hanging out like a pimp, uh, a glove, his belt, all that fun stuff. But you also get Ahsoka. And Nick, I mean, I'm pulling up Ahsoka now on the stream. Ahsoka looks really good. Like, her it's face like, looks good. fuck. Cool. She looks better than the Black Series one. <laughs> and look at all the... I think it's not so much the sculpt. It's it's the 
new articulation points they're articulate. giving to these figures. I mean, they now have wrist joints, yeah. elbow joints, shoulder joints, leg and knee joints. Yeah. Yeah. You can literally like, and, and it's not just like joints that move like this. Like you can spin the joint. Like you see her yes, sabers they're, flip they're, backwards. They're damn near. I mean, for a moron like me that basically just has my figures stand up and I stick them on a desk and take a snap. They're perfect. Yeah. I mean, this is some really high quality. They're shit. almost getting into two. They're almost becoming too poseable for someone like me. It's like, no, I don't, I don't want those options. Too complicated. <laughs> exactly. I just want it standing straight up and down. Yes, sir. Thank you. Go. Yeah. But I mean, I, I am impressed. And, and I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm happy for those that have stuck with three, seven, five through thick and thin. It's a line that gets ignored at times, but I, I do feel like, especially with this reveal that Hasbro is starting to, understand that that fan base never left right nick i mean it always started star wars collectors of figures always started at the 118 scale the three three and three quarter inch yeah but then you know hasbro they got cute with the bigger stuff the more money making more money they tried the hyper reel you know with the rubber suit vader and rubber rubber luke for 100 a pop but it seems now they're they're kind of going back to their roots and, and really dumping some money into making the the TVC line just excellent looking. So if I didn't already own the Ahsoka, I would have bought her. I, I contemplated buying them all, but I punched myself right in the face and was like, dude, don't do it. Don't do it. You, you know, right now it's it's part FOMO, it's part ooh, he looks great in this picture, and I want to take a picture too. But you don't collect the line, so stop it. <laughs> So I, I was able to uh, prevent myself from going down that fucking rabbit hole. But it's getting close. Like, TVC is getting close because what else we get? We got some Return of the Jedi TVC figures revealed. Uh, I believe it was my man Paplu right here. Yep. Good looking small scale Paplu. Good looking fucking AT-ST driver. Yeah. I mean, the AT-ST driver. Like Spock. He does look a little, <laughs> a little bit like Spock, but we never knew what they looked like yeah, anyway, no, so it's fine. But that sculpt right there looks better than the Din Djarin sculpt on the Black Series figure. Dude, the Din Djarin sculpt looks like he got stung by a bunch of bees. It's like I think One Six still had the best description of it. He called it like the Gerard Depredu yeah. Djarin or something like that. <laughs> and then I believe there's a uh, the Rebel... Layer. Endor Rebel Leia, another good-looking figure. So, yeah. and look, it comes with a soft goods cloak for a three point seven five inch figure. I'm telling too. you, Nick, they 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 build the sets for these things. They build the dios for these things, and it's like you almost have to go down go down that path. But I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm just sticking to the hot toys in Black Series. Uh, it's it's a good move. I mean, I'm glad that you you have now. At least seize the little bit of control over I'm trying. the addiction. You the know? year is young. The year is young. <laughs> we, is. we we only have one month under our collective belt, so the wheels could still fall off. But I have a feeling this year my obsession is going to be on uh, the day trading hobby that I've gotten into. Damn, dude, which, that's even more dangerous than toys. Well, <laughs> you may want to. <laughs> Oh, it could be, it could be, or or it could make money. I mean, yeah, I had a great thirty percent average return on my Funko Pop collectibles, which anyone would take in the market. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Either way, I was not completely safe from this reveal, though, Nick. Yeah. Some money was exchanged, and that comes in the form of these fiftieth anniversary. So Lucasfilm fiftieth, they're doing a. A black series version 
of the original Kenner Star Wars A New Hope figures. Yeah. But they're not just like bigger versions of those very generic looking figures. They're the full on quality that we expect from Black Series, but (sighs) in the style of Kenner. And the one I have up right now is the one I knew I I would not be able to pass these by. The fucking Kenobi is. It's awesome. He looks like a fucking wizard. Like he truly (laughs) looks like a space wizard here because this Kenobi, if you're on the live stream, if you're not, (laughs) check it out on StarWarsTime.net. If you remember the Kenobi figure, old collectors, he came in like a, it was like almost a maroon or a burnt orange tunic. He had a a vinyl cape that wrapped (laughs) around his head. It was crazy looking. Yeah. And his lightsaber came out of his forearm. (laughs) <laughs> so in black series what they did is they they maintained that entire aesthetic yeah he's got the the burnt orange tunic he's got like a really shitty cheap looking vinyl cape robe thing uh the only thing they didn't do is is make the lightsaber come out of his forearm yeah the the lightsaber is actually in his hands and i would do like i never really paid attention to the hands of these figures but that is impressive hand detail yeah that's what i mean shit like that's a six inch figure whose head you can see like blood vessels in the hands that's nuts like yeah so this one i actually i got to give a shout out to scion he's one of our discorders uh and he's the one i think it was like last thursday he got the leak from ign he's like look these are up on amazon already and i looked i'm like fuck i didn't want to get into these gimmicky characters and anniversary this and that but as soon as i saw that kenobi it it was like fuck me that is a must buy luckily i got him in uh yeah face sculpt as as joe said in the chat Uh, sean is also like we need the kenobi i did get on the pre-orders they're they're gone at this point in time uh the Greedo Nick, while it's not Greedo correct in terms of his costume, that yeah. is a still damn good looking alien figure. Yeah, so I, mean, I added him to the t- I added him to the cart too. There you go. It was like it just started. Science like here you go, here you go. It's like sprinkling cocaine down on the table. Here you go, crackhead. And I was like, oh, the Kenobi got it. Oh, I got the Greedo. His legs are a little bent, but I do have a Greedo. And I just kept looking at this one. I was like, but he's wearing the all green jumpsuit. Yeah, I was going to say, that really kind of shoots it. Bye. So I added him, but I I did pass on the Jawa. The Jawa, the 50th anniversary Jawa did not make it into the cart. Um, I I could uh, understand. So so I passed there. Real quick, I want to go to the chat because we might have some breaking news here. SW Props, you have my attention. Well, don't tell us now. <laughs> you have my attention. Yeah, send us a what message on IG. What do we got? Kenobi info. Let's hear it. Yeah, like give us. Oh, we, a- well, we can break it right on the episode. Who cares, right? <laughs> oh, we just changed the title when we post the cast to whatever his news was. Let's see what uh what SW Props comes up with. But apparently, he's got some Kenobi info. He's got some Kenobi info. So I ended up getting the Kenobi and Greedo fiftieth just because nostalgia. Also, we just outed our source. They're gonna fire him now oh no way to go sw props they don't know they don't know his secret identity good hope not (laughs) um uh, location confirmed (laughs) Uh, thank you yes la confirmed we got it there we go Uh, but no we'll we'll uh it's not really sw props it's 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 klondike studios i was i was trying to play a trick on everybody hey now (laughs) as as he said up in the chat four inches is totally fine fellas don't worry about it 
Tones, I agree. The saber should came out of the arm, but it didn't. But moving on, Nick, uh, lo and behold, they're also doing more 50th anniversary figures. Uh, and this reveal we got was from T- TPM. Yeah. So we're getting a new Qui-Gon Jinn, which, which I liked because, I mean, there, there is a Black Series Qui-Gon, but it's before they really got into the, the uh, photo real face, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I did go ahead and pre-order this one, even though Best Buy's charging an arm and a leg for these fucking things. Yeah. Uh, but I had to get the Qui-Gon just because he's got the better the, the face. Mace, the Mace face looks good. Well, the Mace already looked good. Okay. Because he Mace came out when, when they were doing the good stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely had to rebuy the Qui-Gon just because uh, the, the fixed face. Mace, like I said, if you missed out, you got to get him. It's a great looking Black Series figure. The Battle Droid, who cares? I mean, they're still nice figures, but they've already been released. The Jar Jar in this packaging, avoid like the plague. Not because it's Jar Jar, it's a ripoff. Oh, shit. Best Buy's charging you 30 bucks for this guy. And I know you probably missed out on the the, the Hasbro version that came with the shield, but he also gets a a booba. He gets like a booba stick. Whatever the shit, whatever that stuff's called. Yeah. And, you know, the spear and all that stuff. So you're actually getting less accessories in this package, uh, but for the same price. Uh, and, and that's that. So, I mean, ha- oh, the final one. This is a guy we talked about on the show, and I fucked up the post, so we're not going to see the big <sighs> pictures. Nick, but they are releasing the Elite Trooper from Bad Batch. Okay. So that's yeah. what they're calling that trooper at this point in time. Remember, I, I speculated it may be Commander Cody. Yeah, uh, but the they're calling it the Elite Trooper, and it is based on the Bad Batch. Interesting. Okay, he's kind of yeah. cool Elite looking. It's like a Squad Trooper. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. I mean, it looks. Bat, dope. You know, I mean, you want the Kenobi. Every one of you guys, him hauling on the on the Kenobi. You know, you want him. Right now, you're only saying you you didn't want him initially is because you didn't get him. I get it. I do it too. But you know, you want him. look look at this guy for those on the live stream again look at that figure that really is it's like obi-wan gandalf obi yeah it's fucking great you know what i mean just just good look at even even nick might have considered buying that one and he hates this shit i i hate it no i mean it it looks so cool just because of that coloration yeah it's just it's so unique unique so i'm sure i'll open it lay it on the table and take a photo of it six months after it released to where no one gives a shit anymore. There we go. But I, like I told Nick, I've now gone three Wednesdays in a row doing a shoot. There we go. Yeah. With only minimal amounts of aneurysm-inducing events. Okay? That's a step in the right direction. It is. It is. I still might have scared my daughter during one because she happened to be down here and I had... I had my pods in. I was listening to Stern doing a shoot. I didn't know she was down here playing around and a figure fell and I went into my motherfucking piece <laughs> of fucking cock sucking at like one of those things. And I turn around, see her and she's just like, oh, what? The? Like this guy is a monster. He's insane. My <laughs> yeah, father is a him. crazy person. Yeah. No, she did. She did this weekend. And she's just to the age where I now am a typical dad. Anything I do is like, I guess she wouldn't know it as a dad joke, but I'm doing like that type of stuff. Yeah. We're just acting like a somewhat silly person, but you're the dad makes you kind of embarrassing to them. So she just, oh no. <laughs> this weekend, oh no. I, I don't know what I was doing, but she just looked at me. She's like, daddy, 
why are you so crazy? <laughs> it's, already, it's already starting. It's why already are you so starting. crazy and silly? So I, I don't know, Charlie, because I just cannot be normal. If I'm normal, things get ugly fast and we get off the rails. Yeah. Yes, as, as Sean's saying in the chat, who I believe is visual approach, yelling at toys is a healthy act. You need it's just to. when you do it in the presence of younger humans that might not be used to older humans yelling at inanimate objects as if they're real. She'll even tell me that. She's like, Dad, they're not real. <laughs> I'm like, no shit, dude. This is how fucking wild I am. It's you'll, like, yeah, I get learn. it. Four-year-old. You're you'll, only you'll four. Learn. Do you know that? Oh, yeah. I've got, I live with my two moms already, basically. It's, it's already happening. The team up, the mother-daughter team up. I get lessons completely regurgitated to me that Heather will will give to Charlie. <laughs> like she'll be like, well daddy, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. You gotta do this first. You gotta eat that before you it's like, hey, you know, daddy's allowed some of this to play on because you're my little princess and I think it's impossible for dads to truly discipline or say no to daughters. But I'm still the fucking king yeah, here. I'm still your father. So figure. chill out. <laughs> and that should be like, oh, okay, I need some ice, a napkin, a banana, and some apple slices. And I'll be like, okay, how fast? I'll do it right now. I'll <laughs> drop everything and go do it for you. Uh, to end this reveal, though, Nick, we did get some non-image reveals. Uh, some up upcoming releases that Hasbro committed to, but we didn't get any uh, glamour shots. Uh, so we're going to get tech from the Bad Batch. Aura Singh, based Ooh. on her Clone Wars appearance, that'll be a nice looking figure. Zero, the robot from The Mandalorian. Casca Reeves from The Mandalorian. I saw that, and Sasha actually posted a picture, or, or like some sort of image showing it. Yeah, it was, I mean, they, they, they just showed like their actual heads okay, during this panel, Nick, but they didn't have the figures mocked yet. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and then finally, General Lando. So those will all be Black Series, and then in the Vintage Collection, they're adding uh, an IG-11 and a, a Lando based on ESB. Very nice. Okay, so a lot of good shit coming out soon. That's cool. Yeah, I was, I was hoping to peel back on, on the Black Series and out of this reveal, how many Black Series do we have here? One, two, three of the 50th, and then one, two, yeah, six, seven total. I ended up pre-ordering one, two, four. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's more than 50%. <laughs> it's more than 50%, but it's less than all of them, so yeah, baby you, steps, baby yeah, steps. You did well. Um, but that's well, also after a week ago having a, a $1,000 pre-order spending, uh, spending sp uh, spree on Sideshow. That's hefty. Indeed it is. But we got and, one I know more how you, you yelled at me about the E-Trade shit, so look at it that way. Like, I just basically committed over $1,000 to toys that probably won't lose value but may never recoup value. Where I could take that $800 and, and, and threw it on Apple stock and it probably would have gained you know, maybe $50, $60 by today, like just, just five days. That's very true. That's very true. You know what I'm true. saying? So it's all, it's all relative, you get, Nick. You it's, get more enjoyment out of the toys, at it, least. I have been. It, it, I don't know what it's been recently. I don't know if it's that I'm actually finally putting away my Barbies in the, the nice glass display cases. Which makes you want uh, to take them back out again. No, no. To me, it's... Once they're the, gone, the, they're the gone. Trouble, Nick, the trouble has been with doing the photography and, and collecting in general. The trouble's been I've created such a backlog because I, in my head, I've created the scenario that if you don't shoot a figure, it's not allowed to go away. Mm. 
So to me, when a figure makes it to the case, it, it's like a, it's an accomplishment. <laughs> it, it means I either just mentally got over the fact that I'm never going to shoot the figure, which is big for me, or, or I actually shot shoot. the fucking figure, which is even bigger, so it can go back to its home. But I was going to say, uh, visual approach, this guy, I mean, he's got a, a man cave of man caves. Uh, way more professionally styled than mine. I mean, way less clutter. But he's got the shelves, and he dedicates... Per per glass shelf, you typically get four in a unit, Nick. Yeah. Only one hot toy wow. per shelf. Wow. Okay. Where I, I, I've, I've devised a system where I'm like, because I, I don't want to have like fucking 800 of these glass shelves. I, I can fit about six hot toys per shelf without making it look too much like a clusterfuck. <laughs> but it has been. It's like at night because, you know, I have lights in it. I've got hue lights in the basement. So I'll be like, you know, hey, Google, blah, blah, blah. And she'll turn them on and, you know, me and the kid will just sit there and kind of appreciate my collected art because that's what it is to me. Yeah. No, they're, 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 they are little art pieces. Until she's like, hey, daddy, all those fell over. I'm like, hey, motherfucker, I know they fell over. Why do you think I haven't opened this case in about three months? <laughs> Daddy's, Daddy's got a plan for all this. It's just yeah. it, it gets executed slowly. And I mean, like you know the the hot toys figures are especially little art pieces oh I mean, they given are. They their really price are. point and they better be right yeah <laughs> i mean the new one that that we're about to talk about now is is a perfect example of that yeah and um it, what nick's talking about uh, sideshow it's like i don't know if they just lost a warehouse full of rogue one trooper <laughs> figures yeah uh because over the past month or so they've been they've been uh, almost re-releasing a bunch of the troopers that were featured in Rogue One, and it, they're still listed as Rogue One collectibles. And, and so last week, towards the end of the week, they announced the Assault Take Commander, which is a, a badass-looking trooper, I'm not going to lie. He's got that helmet on that, that Din was wearing in Episode 7 of The Mandalorian Season Maybe 2. Maybe that's why they released that one now. Of course it is, Nick. Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> it's like they, they might have been holding back on stock or... You know, they teased it years ago, but there wasn't enough interest, so they just kind of slyly pulled it, and they're like, oh, yeah, what are you talking about? We never were going to do that. Yeah. But I'm telling over the last month, they've dropped Short Trooper, Short Trooper Commander, uh, another Death Trooper, the Din Dejarin Tank Trooper. Tank Driver guy thing, yeah. and now the Assault Tank Commander. Uh, and I've gladly pre-ordered all those others because, uh, you know, I, I was still caught up in the Mando hype. And But I see this one and he's excellent. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and kid myself and say that, oh, I don't need this. He looks stupid. I mean, this is a a very cool looking trooper, right? Did you like these guys? Oh, yeah. Do you I like the tank look. commanders? Like it, it's a very unique helmet. I like that's that's the big thing. It's like the helmet is so it's like a mix of. The shore troopers and like I mean I, I don't know you you're really... right it is it's because the shore the shore troopers their eye slits they're more goggle oriented you know they're they're yeah. more traditional stormtrooper but still connected where these guys they they really you know kind of cylon them out yeah like made them made them little strip uh, strip viewports I like the I like the the aesthetic of them though I think they look really cool it, and it's like a different look because you're so used to seeing stormtrooper and clone trooper variants that all essentially look the same except for minor tweaks this is like the biggest change that we've gotten in terms of a an imperial trooper and the way that they look 
in, in you know with their helmet their body armor and stuff like that so yeah i, I mean i know i know gareth edwards they they kind of make fun of him like he couldn't finish rogue one and they had to bring in what's his name Gilroy. tony to, tony Gilroy. To, to make it all better and fix it but you would have to assume that gareth was there during the concept and i mean tony production and the end right like, so i i i mean and we've we've heard it from the guests we've interviewed a lot of people love Rogue One. Yeah. It's it's one thing Disney that I think everyone can agree on. I think Mando's in that space now. Uh that season 7 of Clone Wars is in that space. But for the most part, you know, people want to fight over certain Disney things. But Rogue One seems to be like proof. Yes, this is money. This was perfect. Yay Disney. Wish you guys did more of this. But think about all of the troopers Rogue One gave us. I mean, it is the greatest gallery of stormtroopers. Yeah. You got the the the, the different yeah. tank commanders. You got the different shore troopers. You got the death troopers. Yeah. The standard bucketheads. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff in, in Rogue in terms of your, not only your Imperial side, but also your Republic side. You get to see Blue Squadron. Blue Squadron, which was completely destroyed at the Battle of Scarif, and that's why there was no Blue Squadron in uh, exactly. The, you the also Death Star assault. You see Red Five skip off the shield, I believe. Yep, now Red you know Five. why Luke was able to slide right in there yeah, and take he, Red Five's open. <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> yeah. yeah, Luke shows up. He's like, "Hey, who am I?" And they're, they're looking at like a burning pile of of X wing. They're like, "Uh." Five red five. Uh, we just we just added it to the unit. We never had a red five. I mean, it's it's not unlucky or anything. Yeah, red smear. So, I mean, red five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, you mean that guy that's on the fucking shield above Scarif right now? Yeah. So Nick, are you saying I have to get this one? You know, it's funny, man. When I open this page. I immediately got a pop-up that says 729 people are viewing this collectible. Add it to cart now. Damn straight, <laughs> dude. So so somehow Google knows you're looking at this stuff too. And you're, oh, look, he's lying to yeah. us. No, I mean, on me, yeah. I know. Like if you, here, I'll close this out and we'll go back to Star Wars. Yeah. Like our site, like look, look at all the ads for our site. Oh, you want some Star Wars comic books, Star Wars toys, Star Wars games. There we go. Uh, luckily, there's nothing creepy that shows up here. Yeah. But yeah, everything's probably... It, all ads targeted to me are either Star Wars or, or technology buys. I have no idea what my ads are because <laughs> I have an ad blocker. Oh, uh, so Nick is robbing us of like half a penny a month there by blocking our ads. So anyways, the uh, assault tank commander, as seen in Rogue One, finally available to pre-order from Sideshow. Uh, but it's it's like a lot of these new ones. We're talking a year or more out. So April to June of 2022. Uh, 230 bucks. I've not done it yet. This is one I might just let hang for a while because uh, typically when I do that and then they do announce one that I need, I'll just go on and be like, hey, fuck it. I'm already signed in. I might as well buy some of the ones that I was yeah. just considering. I'm already here. So what's the difference? It just makes it easier. Like yeah, an easier it's like it's not it's not real money, right? Especially <laughs> if I do layaways, and it's definitely not real money because I don't see that big initial chunk leaving my bank. Yeah, yeah. So what do we, what do we say, Peanut Gallery? Do I have to get him now? I mean, I've I've added in terms of Trooper One Six Scale. I have a Remnant Stormtrooper. I've got the Death Trooper. I've got the Incinerator Trooper. I've pre-ordered Din as a Trooper. The short trooper, both variants. Holy fuck, is that Jesus? 
That's a lot. All I know is I, I have 18 of these cunts on pre-order. <laughs> I, think, I think that's enough. <laughs> hot toys on pre-order right now. Yeah, I, I don't think you need this one. I think you could skip out on it. All right, we'll see. I think I'm going to do the plan like I said. I'm just going to let them sit. And the next time, like, you know, maybe they drop something that I'm just like, uh, you know, a Luke Skywalker Mandalorian or, uh, you know, a Din face sculpt uh, one six scale. And I have to get that. Like, I have to do that. Then yeah. I might throw him in the cart just in case. Yeah. Matt, you have to be honest with yourself if you will take a photo of it. Sure. Sure, I, I love taking photos of these guys. It's easy because they look so damn good. I mean, I mean, hot toys make us look good. They're easy to take pictures of because you don't have to do much to them to make them look nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's get on. It's time for that fan segment, which also means it's time for me to drain my main vein. Indeed. But before we get in the top five, let me go ahead and switch up the screens for you. Um you may want me to read a few of the first ones because I think that's where our, our story buddies are at. But once we get through that, I am going to relieve myself. Uh, you got to love the chat. Everyone is definitely feeding <laughs> my addiction of collecting. So yeah, they, they want you to spend money because to justify them spending money. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tone, Tones is he's feeling it now. Tones was, you know, he, he was hesitant to collect the hot toy stuff, but he, he started and just like it is with everyone. Once you start, once you get the first one in your hands, it's over. It's too I'd fucking expensive. Right. <laughs> I'd assume it's like the people that do hair when they're like, yeah, as soon as it hit me, I knew I had to do it again with hot toys. You get the one, you look at it, you play with it, you caress it, you move it, you pet it, you talk to it sometimes, smell it and you go, <laughs> okay, I need more. Yeah, dude. That's, and that's, I, I believe Tones is up to upwards of like 10 or more himself at this point. Ah. All right, Nick. Question crazy. of the week. Rebels is on my mind, okay? Yes. Big time. Uh, we had like an hour-long discussion on it. I actually thought it was a good discussion on Rebels. If you missed it, make sure to tune in. It was our opening segment. Uh, just kind of going through my Rebels rewatch and, and why I think it's so excellent, why they're one of the best non-traditional Star Wars families in the galaxy, and really how you can see where some of the threads have bled over into uh, Mando. So I, I just, I've had the, the Phoenix Squadron on the brain. Yeah. So the question this week was, name your favorite moment from Star Wars Rebels and tell us why. Nick and I kind of highlighted a bunch. I mean, if you really held a gun to my head, I think it probably would be Kanan's sacrifice. I'm not there, so I haven't had to relive it again, but I just remember what that did to me the first time I saw it. It was unlike anything I experienced emotionally from a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, but there's so many. I mean, the, the twin sons, Maul's finale, really, final yeah. death. Uh, I, there's Yeah, there's a ton. And, and there's a ton of answers in here, too. It's not all the same, but they, we do have some similar ones. So All right, so I'm going to... I'll go ahead and... I'll get through a few and then I'll let Nick pick it up as I go and release my old man prostate of its pain. Uh, first one here, OAC. OAC keeps coming back for the question. We might, we might get him back on the show eventually. Time heals all wounds, Nick. Hopefully. Time. Yes, I have. Sorry. Uh, addressing the chat here. I do have a, a dark trooper. Sorry. I did order those two, but only one. Okay. So, OAC, his favorite Star Wars Rebel moment and why. The entire episodes when they are on Malachor, the fact of Maul returning, the Temple of the Sith, the death all around them, Kanan losing his sight, Ahsoka's battle with Vader, 
and then knowing now what happens during that battle with future Ezra. The Owl. All I can say, it was such a dark episode. It was a two-episode arc. Rebels does two-episodes arc better than anybody. Yep. Great cliffhangers, and they always have a good resolution. He continues on, and that, and that is what I am all about. Darkness is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. My dad always called me the dark child. Ha, 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 ha. This is why I'm very excited about the Acolyte show coming out. Stories of the Sith. So good. That's why I'm all about the legend stories. Because to me, a lot of it focused on the Sith and or dark side users. Good True. guys are okay. But the darkness is what's up. Like <laughs> He's right. He's right. Those, those legend stories, they, they, they were always digging into the dark side a little bit. Digging into the, the villains. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, you'd, you'd think I'd like that stuff. But again, it involves too much brain power. Yeah, I, I actually agree with him. I think my favorite arc is the uh, Twilight of the Apprentice arc. Up next, we got, uh, I believe it's Nova, at least in our Discord, but on Instagram, it's SW Black Series Clips, and I'm going to give SW Black Series Clips a plug. This dude, dudette, they, them, whatever you want to call it, Nova, I'm assuming it's a singular male, just based on our uh, Discord stuff, right. But they have really, really started to excel at making funny stop-motion Star Wars shorts on Instagram. I always feature them when they get released. The most recent one is Darth Vader doing the Carlton. And then he he accidentally ignites his saber while he's dancing and some stuff happens. (laughs) But I'm telling you, I, I believe SW Black Series Clips only started doing this during the pandemic. So they're not even a full year into the art form of stop motion, which to me is it's like toy photography on steroids because you're just doing like shot, pose, shot, pose, shot, pose, shot, pose, shot, pose, shot, pose, shot, pose until you have an actual flip book animated adventure. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, to Nova's question, but more importantly, check out their stop motion shit. It's fantastic. It's it's funny. It's that it's the off kiltered Star Wars humor that. Star Wars time show people would probably like uh, because at this point I'm pretty sure most people that like the SWTS are are slightly have a few screws loose like myself yeah more than likely. all right so what Nova says here I always liked how they used the holocrons and rebels with Maul using Ezra for info and Ezra trying to make sense of everything those were great episodes and yeah that's I mean, those were specific points I wanted to make today. Yep. Uh, just Maul and Ezra's relationship is, it's crazy. Uh, it, it's, it's different because they did have a quasi-master-apprentice relationship going on, even though they were never truly master and apprentice. Maul genuinely, I believe, cared for Ezra. He wasn't just using him for his endgame. He wanted Ezra to come with him to Tatooine to take out Kenobi. Yeah. Maul truly thought he was the answer. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you, Nova. Good stuff. Definitely love the uh, Ezra and Maul stuff. And then finally, before I take the leak, our uh, resident commenter, 
who is angry because he has to now leave the comments at 445 while he's working out. <laughs> First off, let's give him credit for working out working at 445. That, that's, that's a that's a fucking man right there. I mean, I work you can pay 3 me 3 p.m. in the afternoon. You can pay me to get up that early to fucking work out, let alone just work. No. Uh, but anyways, Darth Hideous here. Here we go. Ezra finding Maul. That whole story arc is baller. Maul always my bad. Maul, as always, is the best agent for chaos. That's a great point. He may be an instinctual dark side user, but he still manages to ma- manipulate a Jedi trained Padawan into skirting the dark side. He has a goal and he will do what he has to to achieve it. It's always been about revenge and Obi-Wan is the focus of all his rage and hate. He's always playing one side against the other side. As always, Maul is my boy and his quiet manic behavior in these episode in these episodes is a fucking masterpiece. PS, get the question out a day earlier bitches. I'm having to write these in the gym at 4:45 a.m. That's the the fans the fandos are starting to feel entitled to things and that's that's where <laughs> yeah, I Yeah, don't 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 piss Nick don't, off. Don't don't get entitled, okay? Because we don't have to do the question. We do this to give you guys spotlight time on the show. <laughs> Here you go, okay? Daddy Nick's coming in the bus heads. Watch out. We don't need the content. You can see that we're two and a half hours into a show that had literally nothing to talk about. <laughs> so we do this for you guys, not for us. Hideous, so I, I, like start, your, I like your replies, buddy. I like your replies. Don't start bossing us around here, okay? Yeah, we all know Nick hates all of our fans. It's all right. If it okay. was up to me... You guys think I'm the, I, the, the hateful one. Trust me, Nick hates every one of you. I, I wouldn't... <laughs> I gave y'all a Discord to, to there you talk go. about all, all the stuff that you want hey, to. I'll tell you what. The, the Discord, Nick... If I go in the memes again and I see one you post and I'm like, damn, that's great. And it's in Discord, not on Instagram. I'm going to cut the, off your balls. I put the mall one on Instagram. I know, but you put another good one in there before the mall one. I was well, like, I, I forget what one it was. I was I like, damn, remember. that's a good one. I wonder who posted. And it was fucking Nick. I was like, God damn it, dude. I posted, if you ever get the itch to share it in Discord, that means you should share it on IG. How's that? Can I we just operate on that like Some of the ones I pull over from my computer, <laughs> like I put it on the Discord from my computer because you can't post on your computer on Instagram. So I'm like, all right, I'll put it on the Discord and then I'll go back and I'll pull it off and put it on the IG. And that's what I did with uh, uh, the the mall one recently. Oh, was oh, it the Cal Kestis one? Yeah, I was like, that's that's. I didn't that's know a good if enough, one. Okay, so for that one, I was like, I don't know if enough people would understand that. You must be a Weasley. It was a good yeah, Harry it Potter was, it crossover. Was a, it was a good Harry Potter crossover one. I, I did like, like it. I I said, like I said, in the end, let, let's work on this new mantra. If you feel the need that you're going to get on Discord, that should be a light bulb that, yes, it should also go on IG. That's How's good, that? Yes. All okay. Right. All right. Um, so anyway. All right. Matt, I'm going to go ahead go, and, and take my break. We'll let Nick handle. Oh, it's from a new one here. Anthony Sword. Anthony Sword, ahead. the Imperial Communique. Communique, that's what it says. I was like, communique? Nope, communique. He says, Kanan training Sabine in season four, I think. He says it was so emotional, it brought me to tears. Um, Yeah, we talked a little bit about that before, and it was like, Kanan was not treating Sabine the same way that he treated Ezra. Like, he was being a little bit more impatient with her, a little bit harder on her than he was on Ezra. 
And you could tell that like Sabine could sense that as well. Like she was getting frustrated. He was getting frustrated and it was just kind of a, it showed you that, that dynamic, like that family type of dynamic between those characters. So I thought that that was a cool scene as well or a cool set of scenes because it happened more than once. Um, yeah, Nick, what I would say on that, it, it's actually season three. I think that's why uh, Anthony was like, saying, I, yeah, think, I think, but it was yeah. season three. What it, what really he was doing, I guess the way to explain it, he was he was almost mansplaining the training yeah, to that's Sabine. Good, that's good, yeah, good way to put because it. Because the one that finally kicks his ass into just treating her like she was Ezra or a force user was Hera, his woman. Yeah. She was like, hey, hey, asshole. Why aren't you tra- training her like you trained Ezra? He's like, well, this and that, and blah, blah. And, and, and she basically is like, hey, she's a fucking grown woman. Get over it. Just fucking train her. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a good point. And I never looked at it as like mansplaining, but that is probably the best. He, it's like he didn't want to he didn't want to be too rough. They started with sticks instead of the actual lights, the dark saber and a lightsaber. It's like, yeah. oh, I don't want to hurt you. That type of shit. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's also a cool moment. I forgot. Um, and Fen Rao is a very interesting Mandalorian because he hates the rebels, then he, he joins hates the him rebels. again, and then he joins them. Yeah, uh, but he's the one that g- gave Sabine her her um, van braces, mm. uh, and and you get a little insights into you know again most of the Mandalorian uh, weaponry and armor was designed in a way to combat force Jedi. users. Yep. Uh, so once she gets that, she then starts challenging Ezra. And beats him a little bit, but then tries doing some of the shit to Kanan. And he's like, hey, guess who won the fucking Jedi Mando Wars? So <laughs> yeah, all, all like, your tricks and gimmicks will only get you so far until you actually like have to rely on your skills and focus. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. All right. Next figure up, figure fucking hurts. Figure hurts. Says Kanan sacrifice. There was no way back. And I guess I do love it when, the, when great characters die in a show as it makes every moment dangerous. We missed that moment in a movie that would have made a 40-minute diversion worthwhile. I'll say no more on that. Um, Kanan is my favorite. Kanan's is my favorite Jedi death, and there's been a lot of Jedi deaths suggested as self-sacrifice, and that's why I shot the scene a couple of years back. So he did a, a, a version of that scene. Yeah, now he, he's got stuff. great points. It really is the most emotional Jedi death, yeah. I'd say. I mean... I always get worked up over the Luke Vader stuff in Jedi, but that's me. Like that, that I, I almost have to like take that out of the, the, the pool of emotions here. Yeah. I and mean, I guess like, that's really the only, I mean like the only Jedi self sacrifices that we've seen are, I mean, if you count Vader, I guess, you know, Vader it, wasn't it, really a Jedi it, at that point. I mean, it's what it Ezra Luke. and Luke at this point. Yeah. Uh, Kanan and Kanan, not Ezra. Yeah, Kanan, Kanan, and Kanan Ezra, and well, Ezra too. Technically, uh, until we get his yeah, his resolve plotline is not dead. <laughs> well, we know he's yeah. Well, I mean, we're we have part of that puzzle, but yeah. I mean, Ezra technically does sacrifice himself yeah. and Thrawn to save the entire Rebel Alliance. Yeah, uh, but then yeah, and and I assume that's what Figure Hertz is re- uh, referring to. Obi Wan Kenobi too, because he was like he did the and totally. knew how gets, totally. He he disappears before the lightsaber hits him though. So does that count? I don't know if that counts. It's almost like he committed suicide. Then, <laughs> it was right? like yeah, seppuku. <laughs> exactly, he, he did force ghost like... seppuku. Uh, yeah. That's a good point. You are right. Yeah. No, he, I mean, I and like I said, even before we got into this, I think if you held a gun to my head, it probably would be Cain and sacrifice because you're you're never expecting a main main to go out that way. Yeah. 
um, and especially in, in, a, in a cartoon in Star Wars. I mean, uh, the good guys really didn't die up until the the sequel trilogy, and then they started fucking killing the good guys left and right. Yeah, they were just like, "He's dead. She's yeah, dead. Han's He's dead. dead. She's dead." <laughs> like, okay, Luke's wow, dead. What the fuck? Leia, we have to kill her because she actually is dead. Because yeah, she actually died. She so. is fucking dead. <laughs> All right. Next okay. up, we got one from Mythos Bobby. He says Kanan sacrifice as well. He says so epic. The look back he gives, he knows he has to do and can't do anything about it. I mean, as yeah. silly as this is, Nick, I am emotionally dreading that episode. Uh, dude, I mean, I know during you're our rewatch because first you off, can't. I know I'm, I know I'm gonna lose it, and then I'm gonna get my Scolded ass kicked by, by my daughter. She's yeah, gonna yeah. look at me like, "Why are you crying again, you it's little like, bitch?" What? Yeah, <laughs> get, the, get out of the room. Don't cry around yeah, me. Yeah, take your tampon out, Dad. You <laughs> pussy. Oh, oh man, my this God. next what one. Have, what, I, what have I created? So. This next one here is from Sir Dork, and I'll also throw a little mention in at the end here. But uh, Sir Dork says, meeting an old mall on Malachor, then watching his final journey play out. Kenobi! Oh, yeah. I mean, the mall thread in, in Rebels was fantastic. All the, like from like you said, from meeting him yeah. on Malachor to his ultimate demise. Because at the again, like he is, he's not full on like squirrely again. Like he's not batshit nuts as he was when they found him with his robot spider legs. Yeah, like he he was fucking wonked out. Oh after yeah, laying down that pit for a while. Like he was fucked up. Yeah, he like he was literally like. They were like, he was talking to himself and there were just like voices oh, in his yeah. head and he was like schizoing out and He's stuff. He's all was, whacked out. I would, yeah. I would compare Maul and Rebels when they find them on Malachor to Hobo Yoda when he yeah. first meets Luke, where he's acting kind of goofy but he's and still not there exactly like he, yeah, he's, he's not playing his hands he, he's, yeah. he's, he's playing up that he's some feeble little green goofball just because he knows Luke would never envision him as this crazy Jedi master or insanely talented Jedi that Obi-Wan was talking about Maul to me is kind of doing the same thing on Malachor because yeah. A he's he's trying to hide away from one of the uh, inquisitors like yeah. there's literally an inquisitor just for him They've been tracking him because he's been trying to get holocrons to find out where Kenobi is. But he does. I mean, when when he when you first meet him, he approaches Ezra. He's like he's hunched over. He's kind of using a cane. Yeah, shit. Like stumbling. He, he's not talking all crazy, but he he's telling Ezra everything he wants to hear. And Maul just, I mean, Maul knows how to take adv- advantage of people that. Uh, may not be fully uh, fully trained or fully committed to one way or another way of living your force life. Yeah, and I mean, um, just to throw it out there, Sam Witwer's performance as Maul in both The Clone Wars and Rebels is potentially one of the most underappreciated performances oh, yeah. in Star Wars, whether it be... <laughs> in live action or in animated because he, always- he really is he really is maul yeah. i mean i know park is and all that but it, it is sam at this point in time mm-hmm. i mean because you can like even when you talk to people about the animated series they always oh it's like matt lanter you hear about you know d bradley baker and you hear about uh you know the the other voice actors that are attached to you know like anakin and obi-wan and uh in all of the the you know the clone characters but you never like people don't talk about sam's performance as maul enough yeah no like it's, he it's was excellent 
it was a it was a master class he's just he's, he's a good he's a good enunciator a narrator yeah. i don't know what to call it. like the dude just knows how to use his voice yeah i mean he's he's fantastic at it and he's he didn't really start off as a voice actor like no you know sam Whitwer was you know obviously he did the voice acting but he also did the mocap for star killer but he was in TV shows, movies, and stuff like I that. I remember the first time I saw him, he was Doomsday on Smallville. The first time way, I saw... Way back when. So I did. I never watched Smallville. My first exposure to Sam was through Being Human on Sci-Fi, the American version of Being Human. Right. And I know recently he did a stint on Supergirl as like a, like a bad character. I mean, it was like a multi-episode stint. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Sam, like we've been saying, I mean, he is, he is Darth Maul. I mean, he yeah. is what... Darth Maul in episode one was was just visual eye candy. Yeah, he was, he was the awesome it was just the physicality at. of it. Right, he was. It was, it was like, we've never seen that shit before in Star yeah. Wars, or, or wielding a, a dual bladed lightsaber. It was, it was crazy. But he was just a. He was an animal. He was yeah. a killing machine. That was it. It was through George, Dave, and ultimately Sam voicing him that Maul has grown into this mastermind of sorts that. Not only took over Mandalore, but took over most of the crime syndicates in the galaxy and was a conversation short of taking on Palpatine's big lie. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, and and ultimately, the the only thing that held Maul back was his his hate and his obsession with getting revenge on Kenobi. Yeah, that was it. That was his ultimate downfall. But so good answer by... Jared, Sir Dork 730 uh, Spencer at Barron's Black Series gave us an answer, and I cut it out because I remembered he is now a there are so uh, many. a team That's member. All you left in there. <laughs> yeah, there's a team. He's a team member, so his uh, his responses do not get shown anymore. So he says there are so many. You're right, Spencer. But yeah, we're, we one more thing on Rebels with the Holocrons. It is interesting that Ezra was also looking for Kenobi. Because the holocrons were telling him that that is who he needed to find to beat the Sith. I mean, they were probably technically, leading to Kenobi because of Luke. Well, I mean, Kenobi was still like a Jedi, Jedi yeah, master. Was. I mean, so, I mean, the, the, the force, at least through the holocrons, was telling Ezra that Kenobi was the key, which technically, technically he was. Well, yeah, he was. Correct. Lee Before's up here. I'll take this one. For me, it was that short but sweet duel between Maul and Obi-Wan in the desert, Twin Suns episode. It was so profound and poetic on so many levels. All the anger and hate balanced out by mutual respect, restraint, and the clarity of thought translated into action. Such a fitting end to a rivalry that spanned major periods in the Star Wars timeline and fought between some of the best written and most complex characters in all. So, hey, f- hey, Lima, are you a, like an English major? This motherfucker can write. No, that's very well written. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's 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 better than anything we've said. Like, it's it sounds more educated. And Lima lives in the Philippines, too. So we need to get fucking <laughs> Lima to start writing our copy on the on the on the on the website. Right. <laughs> that, that's like a very, very intelligent way to write that out. I mean, yeah. I think we've said it. We, we've essentially said the same thing, but in more caveman-like terms, like "Maul, ooh, Obi Wan, ah, they fight good." Yeah, 
That was way, way more eloquent. Yeah, no, that's, that's very well written. Maybe yeah. we yelled at him a few times on his comments and he, he took it to he heart. Finally, really, he was like, I'm going to make this shit sound good. And uh, he's, well. he's an economics major, which means he's a genius. Because when oh, I took economics in college, I failed. It was impossible. And economics it shouldn't be. I don't yeah, economics and shit. accounting were <laughs> like the hardest things I've ever taken, and they shouldn't be. Not interested. All right, next up, Paul Six says the whole final episode, but particularly the scene with Ezra and Thrawn when they wrap away, then cut to Hera's look of surprise. It wasn't crazy about I wasn't crazy about Rebels at first, but since watched the series a few times and really enjoyed it. There you go. He, he's a convert. Like he's the he's the guy that we're talking about that I was talking about specifically at first. That was like Rebels sucks. Fucking Disney ruined it. And then here we go. Now look now how he's dumb here. the stormtroopers look. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that they do. Like the first time I looked at him, I was like, oh, they kind of took that that aesthetic of uh detours like the helmet design it's of detours sty- a it bit. is a very stylized look especially with the empire there's yeah. no doubt about it but, but the stylized okay. look of vader is fucking sick in rebel i like it i yeah, love that a- angular kind of exactly design to me to it. it's like it's like a, an asian aesthetic japanese yeah. type of stuff definitely uh nico tronus up next says twilight of the apprentice the ahsoka slash vader duel was especially was epically done uh the question of whether or not Ahsoka died, uh, but that absolutely haunting score is music. I can close my eyes and hear just thinking about that scene. Okay. Uh, yeah, I this mean... This is a no, Nick, I, I promise you, I just rewatched this. Yeah. Ahsoka literally walks out of the temple and into something, so... But I, I'm not. I'm not calling out Nico. Everyone was like, "What happened to Ahsoka? Ahsoka lives." I mean, they're doing like Ahsoka lives, like Frodo lives T-shirts for her. And I, <laughs> even when that was going on initially, I was always wondering, like, "What the fuck are? What do you mean?" I mean, I saw Vader walk out, and I see Ahsoka walk out. We don't see her get on a ship or go anywhere. There are no ships. Who knows what the, that uh, Malachor Temple explosion ultimately did? But. I guess when I first watched it, maybe, you know, I had one too many pulls. I don't know. But I I did not feel like a lot of people that her fate was up in the air. Yeah. You thought that she just got out, too. Yeah. I was like, all right, she's out. Fuck yeah. It. No, I mean, I think a lot of people remember, like, isn't there a scene where in Ezra's mind, he sees her getting stabbed? Like he sees her like impaled. he like I mean right at the right as basically she force flings him onto the ship like get the fuck out of here yeah uh, something's going crazy in the temple it's about to blow up or release some major energy and you know obviously Vader's right behind her and and I think they just leave but I mean they have their fight she knocks his mask it's coming down on them and there is the explosion but at the very end so yes I I understand from Ezra's point of view and Kanan's yeah they probably thought she was dead but from a viewer standpoint Yeesh. I guess I I missed the fact that we were supposed to be wondering what her what? her fate truly was yeah I don't know yeah maybe a lot of people just forget like forgot I, I, about that part in universe it, it makes complete sense why Ezra felt the Ezra need would go back yeah to go back and, and save her because when he did leave I think it was when she you know she had her cross up behind her and was blocking like a killing blow. And, and I'm assuming that was his last image. So, okay. Yeah. 
Like that makes sense then. Not calling anybody out. I just after just <laughs> watching it, I, I'm sitting there like, did did Dave and them did they trick us? Was this like a social media thing they got going? Ahsoka yeah. lives. Was it was it Ashley trying to drum up more hype? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But uh next up, Scion XCC, good friend and follower, says Ahsoka versus Vader is easily a top choice, but for me, I always go back to the episodes where Sabine goes to Mandalore and she helps free Mandalore from Imperial control because I always had a deep fascination with Mandalorians and these episodes added to their lore. Plus, 100%. who doesn't like seeing Mandalorians yeah, fight? And, and he essentially just touched on exactly what I said. And, and he's talking about episode one and two of season four. Yeah. I wouldn't say they fully liberate Mandalore from Imperial control. They, they kind of because destroy, they destroy the weapon. Yeah, they, they kill that big ass weapon. They free Sabine's father, who is like a he's not so much a warrior Mando. He's more of a, an artisan, but can motivate people through his art and words. Uh, and, and really what, where we leave Mandalore is that's the time period I think we may get fleshed out either through Rangers, through Mando, so, Book of yeah. Bova, all this stuff, because yeah. that would be the period of when Bo pretend got the dark saber and was supposed to unite the clans and really try to kick the empire off the fucking planet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but really, I mean, I, I, I think once we learn more about Gideon, I think there's going to be a lot of ties to the Saxon clan. Cause they're the ones that ultimately fully betrayed all of Mandalore, even more so than the, than the Vizlas did way back when with the Duchess. Yeah. Like he, the, the Saxons essentially handed over control of Mandalore to exactly. the empire. Exactly. Like they were like, Here you go. he became, I mean, Gar became a governor. He was, yeah. he was a, he was a governor of the system. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, all right, next up tones one, one, three, eight in the chat. There we go. It says Vader V Ahsoka and Maul V Ben, because Filoni knew what we wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, knew that we wanted to see that so bad. And he provided Definitely. I mean, two two huge fan moments. I mean, uh, anyone that, that went through the Clone Wars, knowing what we knew was going to happen with Anakin, would would have been interested in how do these two resolve that in their later stages? Yeah, because they were they're brother and sister. I mean, uh, you watch Clone Wars. By the end, uh, those two had a bond unlike even Obi-Wan and Anakin had. Yeah, unlike Luke and Yoda, Luke and Obi-Wan. It, it was a it, probably for that era it was an unnatural bond between master and apprentice right like yeah you shouldn't feel that close or 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 feel so much for a person it was definitely more of a familial sibling bond than anything you've seen between any other like grand republic apprentice right. and jedi or and then, and then the the maul ben stuff was inevitable i mean maul you brought him back you brought him back under the guise that he essentially lived on his hate for Kenobi. Uh, so you had to resolve it. But I don't think any of us saw the resolution, the way it played out. And, and I loved it. Like I, I loved how focused Ben was on his current task of protecting Luke yeah. and how that made him extremely wise, extremely efficient in his strikes and and I I, you, I read it all. I mean, I understand. Like, I mean, he goes through his stances as Kenobi. Yeah. Like he does he does his young Kenobi two finger. But then he's like, you know what? That's could get me killed. I'm going to the Qui Gon. Yeah. And that's where he he grabs it up. And as soon as Maul makes the exact same kill move he used on Qui Gon, Kenobi just goes zip zip. You're dead. Yep. 
Perfect. And I know, like Nick said, some people wanted to see a long, drawn-out fight. No, it, it was done perfectly because Ben was the true master of force at that point. Maul was a shell of himself due to how much energy he wasted thinking about Ben nonstop. Yeah. All he, all he could think about is, I had to kill, kill, kill. He was not thinking about his moves, nothing. He was so consumed in the moment that he literally just didn't think about anything. He reverted yeah. back to the one thing he knew the best and the one thing that, you know, saw success for him in the past with killing a Jedi, and it was that move. It, it, I mean, literally, and Kenobi took him out. I think it was a, a two-move kill. It was a, a block kill, just like mm-hmm. that. I mean, block, parry, you're dead. Yep. But then he held him like a baby, and they had a nice talk, and Maul confirmed with him, like, they're the, he's the chosen one. And this got me in trouble back then because this Ben confirms like, yes, Luke is the chosen one. And it's like, fuck you. It's Anakin. It's always been Anakin. <laughs> Old Ben's a liar and he tells stories. So who the fuck knows? The chosen one is a very malleable term in Star Wars. Yeah, we, we've learned <laughs> that chosen one really doesn't mean dick shit anymore. So no, because yeah. the chosen one can get trumped by a dyad and so yeah. on and so forth. <laughs> it is, so. It is. It's not as important. Yeah, just as just give up it. on that shit. We'll always pretend that it's Anakin just like was a force. Jesus, but, anything, right. any anything that you see a prophecy in, prophecies are more than likely bullshit. <laughs> just get ready, because if you're like, oh, there's a prophecy says it, it's like trust me, that prophecy is going to end up being wrong or incomplete. So just be aware. Uh, Specter of the Ghost has a really long answer, so let's go through this. He says. I'm going to go with the battle over Garrel. When the rebel ships had to Garel. flee Garrel, the uh, flee the spaceport and Kanan and Ezra set out to go back to Lothal in search of Ezra's parents. There's a beautiful scene where Hera presses them to leave the battlefield, even though the command ship was held in the tractor beam of a star destroyer. And Kanan says something to Ezra like, don't worry, Hera was looking after everyone long before you and I came along. Followed by Hera heroically going back to save the command ship. The entire scene had a beautiful cinematography, a great character dynamic, good humor, and pretty cool action. It's just one of many, uh, one of many favorite scenes, but it was the first scene that came to my mind. That's somebody who knows oh, yeah. Rebels well, like, I mean, in look and at the, out. Look at their handle, yeah, Spectre, Spectre of the, of the Ghost. Ghost. Yeah, and I believe the every... Yeah, every image they shared has been scenes of the Rebel crew in toy form. So, yeah, 100%. I mean, this person gets exactly what I've just been talking about. The diehard. He is a I'm telling you, that this show is well worth a second-focused viewing if you have not done so already. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. So, All that right. is the end of our uh, fan questions and fan responses for this week. That's right. That will so bring you us know, into yeah. It is now time for Nick's segment, the iconic, some say infamous, top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week for the week of one twenty-five to two one. Yes, this past week, and this week is also a fan shot breakdown. So we have two fan shot breakdowns right. or fan shots to break down this week. Um, so we'll get to those at the end of the top five, but first up this week was, or is our good buddy at visual underscore approach underscore photography. I know he was in the chat at one point. I don't know if he's still here. Um, but if he is, he can hear us love on and talk about his shot, which is 
another killer Mando shot. And and one thing that you mentioned the Blainer things uh, in our interview last week was you wish that you had the ability to pose and capture action like visual approach does. And I mean, this is just another one of those shots where he absolutely yeah. nails posing, nails action, and really just makes toys look like they are part of movie scenes. And it's it's crazy. I mean, I've said this a thousand times at visual underscore approach underscore photography. No more underscores. Even when he was Captain Ordo. One of my personal favorite accounts, one that I know every time a new shot comes up, I'm going to be like, fuck, I wish I could do that. Shit. (laughs) I wish I could stage a shot like that or even think to stage a shot like that and, and this one's no different i mean you got the uh I'm, that might be the figure arts uh, mando out there fighting some black series stormtroopers. but i mean just look at the pose i mean you can see that he either threw his knife or blasted the one guy with his with his van brace yep. the other one's getting blasted with the pistol uh, i mean he, he he's posed in a way that looks natural as if sean snapped it right when dude went pew pew then the background material. You got guys in the background adds a little more life to the shot. You got mm-hmm. dead bodies in the foreground adds a more a little more life to the shot. And then uh, Sean, aka at Visual Approach Photography, is also a master lighter. Yes, I didn't say master baiter and master <laughs> lighter. Uh, and not to mention, he has now moved on to the latest skill set required to be a pimp toy photographer. And that's the fact that dude builds basically, uh, you know, studio quality dioramas. I was going to say the background here is, is a really good dio. The, it, you know, it looks like the interior of a, of a, you know, like a Imperial base. Right. Like, I, I mean, he might be using some space walls, but again, just great staging. I'm on his page now where you can see some of his dios. I mean, you and I, we always love when he, he's got the Mando fighting in like a Tatooine cantina. Yeah. You look at little Grogu in the background with a cape and a fucking <laughs> and a lightsaber. lightsaber. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh, see, I mean, man. visual Armor's approach, there. just Passes like the little there. details. It, it's not yeah. even just the amazing posing. It's it's the post processing, the 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 finishing touches he puts on it to make these things really feel like they come alive. I mean, I hate showing you his whole page because I'm sure I have multiple things to, shots to to two fe- to feature still. Yeah. I mean, outside of when he shares like Mortal Kombat and non Star Wars, that's about the only time I'm not saving a, uh, a visual approach photography shot to be featured Scorpion on the Star Wars shot, time though, show. Was sick though, man. Well, no <laughs> shit, but he's not Star Wars, so <laughs> I'm not going to put him on our page. Yeah, but yeah, I mean. You catch my drift. I mean, just fucking atmosphere shots. Like I said, the lighting, just just lovely work. I mean, this is someone to follow for inspiration. You may not ever be able to achieve the same level of quality and excellence, but it's definitely someone that's going to motivate you to get better. Yeah. All right. Uh, but just don't don't try to be visual approach. This is where I kind of, I've, I've, I've fucked my head up. I mean, trying to be a visual approach, trying to be a, a Jason B. Michael, a plastic action, a black series, a work more or less. We, we kind of talked about this last week. Dial it down, scale things back, maybe return to what got you into this hobby in the first place. If you're someone like me that's been struggling a bit for motivation or just hasn't really felt like getting off your fat ass and doing a shoot. 
Uh, I know it's hard when you look at shots like this from at visual approach photography. Uh, but again, he started somewhere through practice and dedication to the art form. You too can start making excellent looking art like this, Mandalorian art in particular, and get your ass on the Star Wars Time Show Top 5 Star Wars Fan Arms Feature segment. Again, to play, you got to insert your quarters by tagging at Star Wars Time Show on IG, as well as using, using hashtag Star Wars Time Show. Indeed. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad Sean was here for uh, some of the breakdown. I know he, he tends to listen to our shit show when he can. Uh, might be a first live listen. So appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, Keep it up. We speak your name. Uh, one of these days, I personally would love to be able to create a visual approach photography style action shot. Yeah, one day. Maybe one day. maybe when I grow up. <laughs> when you grow up, yes. Yeah. All right, next up in the top five is at platform underscore 327 with a really awesome uh, representation of Luke's training on Dagobah. So you see uh, Dagobah Luke in his full Dagobah get up and he's got the Yoda backpack on. And I, I really love, I don't know where he shot this. It's got to be somewhere around where he lives but it's like a perfectly moss-covered oh, yeah. area that they're walking through. Got the mist in the background. It really does look like Dagobah yeah, where I mean, they are. Yeah, it's it's got to be got to be a wooded location somewhere because, uh, like Nick said, it's just got this this lush-looking green, moisty moss. Uh, perfect Dagobah environment. Uh, you might have spritzed in some aerosol there to really sell that that the, the fog of Dagobah. Uh, yeah, Platform's been someone kind of catching my eye and clearly catching Nick's eye. I mean, I think this is Platform's second top five within a month. Uh, a lot of shots like this where I'm not going to say full-on portraits, but more, you know, more just kind of standard pose. But what Platform does, it's it's all about the atmosphere. Yeah, he very, really very, does. Very atmospheric-centric uh, shooter at Platform 327. Yeah, and it looks like he's a, a natural light shooter, too. Everything is outside. He uses the natural light, natural setups. Yeah. I mean, uh, really beautiful stuff that he's got for relatively, I mean, like 660 followers. I hope this guy can get a little bit more love here because, uh, and you know, the quality. Yeah, of that's what we're, we're, I mean, we're, we, we just whipped out our big swing and dick. <laughs> yeah, Nick, you know, so you better watch out. <laughs> you get the Star watch Wars out. time show bump. We'll, so we'll get him at that. least ones of followers. Yeah, you know, single digits. Let's, let's get it up to 665. There we go. Oh, we got um, an update from Visual Approach. Thank you, guys. I just love the show. This is my first live listen. Awesome. So we were hey. right. Just blew off work for it. Well, hey. I don't know if I would do that in the we'll future, but thank you. Yeah, we yeah. Appreciate you don't, you don't want to sacrifice your livelihood for our dumbasses, but we definitely appreciate you listening. We see you sharing the stuff, uh, trying to trick other people to get in with the show. So awesome. We, we, we as go. I say, we speak your name. Love it. Uh, so at platform three two seven with this awesome shot here of Luke and I, I'm with them on the outdoor stuff, Nick. The more like I, I'm, I've been forced indoors. I think I need to grow some balls like Sean and just shoot my sub sub zero garage. Yeah. Uh, not that I stock this guy, but I, I do. You know, when, when we talk about people or people I see all the time, I, I'll read their fucking comments they put on their pictures. Uh, and apparently he shot some of, uh, I'm talking about visual again, shot some of his recent shots in a garage that was 10 below. Jesus, fuck. That yeah, is I think he's, he's up in the, the northern part of the country, like Connecticut or something like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going outside anytime soon. Fuck that. I used to when I had the Funko Pops and I can just throw them down and be like, oh, look, a Funko Pop shot. 
it's in the snow. Aren't I cool? But no, not now. I'm not fucking spending the time because I'd say these days to even get a session started, you know, breaking out all the gear, getting the lighting set up at 30 minutes just to get fucking set up. Uh, yeah, that's it's a bit of a task. So <laughs> in my 40s, I'm not going out there and letting my my wiener suck up into my body for a toy shoot anymore. <laughs> but anyways, back to platform 327, obviously a a. A, an honored artist to make Nick's top five, but uh, very good natural, as Nick said, a natural light photographer. Uh, doesn't look like there's a lot of post-processing fuckery going on here. Yeah. No, solid, uh, I solid. always appreciate that because, I mean, that's me. <laughs> yeah, you don't fuck, like post-processing. Fuck Photoshop. <laughs> fuck yeah. Photoshop. And I know for a fact that's how Sean uh, kind of improved some of his uh, final touches, but I just refuse to learn it. Yeah, one day maybe when you get really old, when you're in like your 60s, you'll learn Photoshop. Yeah, maybe. All right. Next up, we have a, a really awesome. This is a digital composite from. Oh, yeah. Uh, at crafting underscore visuals. And who, I, is, who I know for a fact mentioned at least either on their profile or in the caption of this shot on their page is. He's a follower of Phase Runner. Thank you, Nick. You yes. knew where I was going. Thank you. Yes. Because this is a very Phase Runner-esque looking poster. And at first, I thought it was a Phase Runner, so I had to go back and make sure that I was not posting uh, stolen work. I did, too. Like, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, shit, we haven't had a Phase Runner share in a while. And I looked at it, I was like, crafting visual. He also uh, hit us with the uh, hashtag Star Wars Time Show on his post. So, well done, yeah. sir. That's, uh, but, I love But what that. we see here is a is a reimagining of the last Jedi poster instead of, you know, what you see in the movie, what we see is Kylo on a battlefield or on a field in general, you see the, the, the strewn pieces of a, of a first order vessel ship of some sort around him and a massive rancor yeah. that is like walking up. To you know him what this reminds of me of Nick? I mean, y y you could delete the last Jedi logo, but it, it's almost like a scene from Force Unleashed. Oh, it's like yeah, a, it's yeah. like a Star Killer moment, you know, where mm -hmm. he's either pulling down a Star Destroyer or facing off against big ass rancors. But I mean, this one obviously it's Kylo there, and I I do like this version of Kylo. I, I've always liked hooded Kylo, raggedy raggedy Kylo, if you will, with the helmet on. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's just a cool looking shot. I mean, I know some people are like, oh, it's awesome if it didn't have the Last Jedi logo. It's like, yeah. It's a poster. It does yeah. draw your focus a bit away from the actual subjects, but I can get past that and just appreciate the composition. And it does present Kylo as a very intimidating, badass looking figure. Yeah, he does. He looks like a bad mother. Because you know that he's going to go and he's going to cut this fucking rancor down. Oh, yeah, he's just going like, to like run, jump up and like stab it right into his head. Yeah. So, I mean, I just I, I really love the striking visual style of this because you are whenever you have those those huge size differences between your 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 primary focuses and your shot. It creates this really awesome visual dynamic because you're like, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of like the same way that, you know, people feel when they're watching Jurassic Park and the fucking T-Rex is looking down on Dr. Grant and, and the kid. Like it, it gives you that sense of tension and that that oh, dynamic yeah. feeling. I, it's like, yeah, I mean, if you weren't Kylo Ren, you'd be in a very bad situation yeah, right now fucked. if you're on that poster. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy the, the composition here at crafting underscore visuals. 
um, on Instagram. Uh, again, thousand followers. Hopefully he gets a little bit more love, but he does this with a lot of different series as well. Justice League, he's got one up there with uh, with like a Justice League poster with Superman. He did one with Ghostface from fucking Scream. He's got a Dune poster that he whipped up himself. All of his shit looks really good. And you can see, like he says in the original post uh, on his page, um, he was inspired by Phase Runner's work with uh, a Rise of Skywalker piece from this. And you can see he probably is just a big fan of Phase Runner to start off with because he does have that kind of Phase Runner st- type of style. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So still, still, still good shit. So check him out. At crafting underscore visuals, Robert, 20 year old art lover, DM for collabs and commissions. There you go. Digital Collab art. it up, super scoundrel. There you, Collab there it you up. go. Uh, next one up is is one of my He's back. Yeah, one of my favorite guys because the shit. You love this guy. I love Mint Complete. So this is at Mint Complete on Instagram. It's because when Mint Complete takes a shot, it's a toy shot. But you would never fucking know it because it looks yeah. like it comes from a video game, a TV show, or a movie. He like, is a, a master compositor, meaning I bet he took that fucking shot of toy against like a turd, literally like a <laughs> yeah. fucking piece of poop, and then cut it out and somehow uh, magically digified it with Photoshop to look like a work of art. Yeah, like it's it's incredible. So what we see is a a uh, an X-wing coming through. It, it's probably hyperspace because you can see like the distinctive hyperspace swirl that you get in star Wars. And also you see the, the star lines as well, but it does not look like a toy and it blows my fucking mind every time I see his stuff because it just looks real. And I mean, I just don't know what else to say about this. Like, he perfectly there's no like sometimes he'll do like uh like a yeah, uh, like a BTS. He, but he, he doesn't didn't. have it here, but I'll pull up one. I think it's on his uh, this Plo Koon shot. Yeah, the Plo Koon with Ahsoka shot has a BTS. And it's literally just like the uh, figures. That doesn't either. Like well, one of the there's there's one and there's one right next to it. There's two Plo Koon shots right next to each other. One of them has it. Um but it's like it's literally like he takes the picture behind a fucking white background. And then he, like Matt says, yeah, he is go. a fucking master compositor and he adds in these backgrounds that makes it look fucking real. Yeah, I mean, it's it's seamless, seamless. Yeah, it's unbelievable how he can cut in those backgrounds when yeah. literally the shot was against like toilet paper. <laughs> like, yeah, I, just the way he 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 color grades matches the, the, the lighting of the background to the shot he made against a generic white backdrop. It's it doesn't even look like he uh, does crazy lighting when he f- takes the initial picture. I mean, most of all that looks like is, is done right in Photoshop. But yeah, I mean, Mig Mig took a break. I mean, when, when did he drop this? Yeah, this is his first round of shots since August. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I guess first and foremost, I'm flattered that he remembered we still existed and yeah, look at that. kept tagging us. Maybe he had his hashtag saved. He, oh well, no, he's he actually al- tagged us. No, yeah, no, he's no, good. He's, like he's he's always been on the radar. Dude, uh, look at yeah, look I mean, who we're in the we're in the the company on his tags. This is who make complete tagged. Hasbro Pulse, ILM, Favreau, Filoni, EA Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Hasbro, Star Wars. And us. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm talking that, that, about. That's right always there. what I'm talking about. Like that right there. That's all I want. That's all I want from you people. He puts all the big boys, the biggest <laughs> boys. And, and then on our the two S- dumbasses the up SWTS. there. SWTS. And you See? know what, Meg? You know what, man? We appreciate that, sir. That is, that, that keeps us it. going. That's awesome. So you and are, I mean, you are the new, is he is the new Star Wars time show mascot. Yeah. I mean, God, man, what else can you ask? ask for right there that's right. fucking perfect uh so yes we appreciate yeah, it yeah and don't don't worry his his other ones are in the folder it just again he uh looks like you know yeah. he he took a break and then went right to it with the snow speeder uh and and we have those two eventually share as well but Indeed. yeah i mean help help men out i don't think he gives a fuck about his following because he does just take months breaks and even has it in here thanks for being patient yeah but when you do that ig penalizes you so i mean his fantastic art is not really even being seen by even his own followers yeah so i mean and this guy uh, is like we said he is a master like this shot of lando's falcon coming through the clouds is like fucking mind-blowing it's crazy yeah, so uh, give give him a follow, please. Admit complete on Instagram. The guy is an absolute yeah, like, like his stuff. Yeah, you, everyone knows now how to program your feed. Essentially, if you really like someone, you basically have to go to their profile and and like about thirty or forty shots in a row. Yeah, just that like will tell IG like, oh, that's weird. They must like this person. They chose to follow. I guess we should show them their shit. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a logically what you should do do that for admin complete i need to do it myself because again when he does disappear he's not getting the likes and it just ig's like okay well this person's dead to you i guess because you're not liking him it's like no they're just not sharing content i can't like it ig just leave him alone yeah just just show me his stuff when he posts it please thank you so um, at admin complete, one of the best compositors out there in the toy photography game if not the best 100 percent. all right last in the top five this week is at Rob with three B's underscore Chase. Again, Rob was featured relatively recently. And he's got a, a really nice looking mall shot here. Hot Toys Mall. Yep. I love how he brightened those eyes up. That's what really kind of popped it, me it into does, this It does shot. catch your eyes. I mean, I've, I've actually shot this mall. This is the Solo Mall from Solo. So yeah. Crime Lord Mall. The one that people yeah. hated, right? People didn't yeah. like this one. No, they don't like the the Clone the Wars Clone Wars, Wars Mall. Okay, you yeah. know I don't think they like this one either. It doesn't matter. I love Darth Maul. I've got them all pre-ordered, or they're in their glass shelves. But yeah, I mean, Rob is I believe started as in the Funko Pop game. Still does some awesome looking Funko Pop stuff. But since he's crossed over to action figures, I think Nick has tagged or tapped him now three or four times for top five. Yeah. Uh, so that should tell you something about Rob Chase. But uh, like Nick said, I think this is a it's either a compositor or a digi, right? The background's going to be digital, uh, but it is. It's it's like the subtle lighting. It's kind of a toned down shot in terms of the lighting. It's a darker shot. Yeah. But because he did, you know, I'm, I'm assuming dodge the eyes or maybe just overlaid some white paint on it or whatnot. It, it does make it does make the face pop. Like you're just drawn right to his his eyes. And yeah. Nick, th- these are one of the dolls where you can actually pose the eyes themselves. Oh my god! I guess that's get why these things cost four hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, dude, he, I was in there. I'm like, oh, you like make the eye go up and down. You can make them look cross-eyed like a dope. <laughs> 
But no, uh, I mean, like the way that he has the eyes position too is perfect. I mean, he's got the head tilt that way, looking oh yeah. over yep. towards some sort of enemy he's about to cut down with his ignited lightsaber behind him. I just love the pose. I love the pose. I love the the way he's got the eyes lit, the the way he's looking. It's just, it's a really good representation of like a cerebral Darth Maul. Yeah, it, it's uh, a very Maul, Maul pose yeah. too. Like, I mean... It, he looks relaxed, but you know, at any one second, he could spring into action and cut you in half. Yeah. And I mean, like, if you just go on Rob's page, like th- this, if you look at his top, like his most recent three posts, like the one that's on the far right, that Iron Man shot is fucking <laughs> amazing. Like, yeah, that's incredible. Um, but this, yeah, I mean, since Rob has started shooting figures, proper figures, I mean, it was, he's just been killing it, knocking out the park, so... Um, at Rob with three B's, R O B B B. Sorry, my cat's chase. getting in on the game now. No, don't worry. Yeah, Ellie just jumped up. I had to put her on my lap. <laughs> I see your foot. Yeah, you're like uh, it's his Doctor Evil. Yeah, <laughs> Ellie from Awesome Powers. You just sit there and, and like stroke her the whole time. Yeah, Ellie likes to hug me. Like she likes to literally like she'll sit on me and she'll take both of her legs and like put like. Put them as yeah, far it, it looks like she's can. laying on her back. Just she like, is. all right, man, rub rub my belly, you human. Yeah, she is. Now she's like laying on her back or her side. And she's uh, just like lay is her a little up. too heavy to lay on her back. Like her belly spills over too much, <laughs> and she's like just she just rolls to one side naturally. <laughs> so yeah, at Rob Chase, great stuff. Yeah. I mean, all all lines at this point, even like his Funko stuff is is artwork in my opinion. But yeah. Um, all right. Check them out at Rob ba, 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 underscore Chase. Next up, we have our fan shot breakdowns for this week. And first up for this, I actually picked some of the more recent ones we threw in. I was trying to go back from like where we started and go to recent, but I was like, people might have forgotten that they just fucking gave these to us or whatever. So I took two of the more recent ones. Uh, this one, the first one up is from Rodney uh, Dent 36 on the IG. And he sent through a, it was kind of, it's like a hollow table shot. So trying to recreate like almost like a war room inside of the Jedi temple or some sort of uh, um, Jedi cruiser from the prequel era. And what we see is Mace Windu and and, uh, Yoda are hollowed in. So they're kind of like transparent blue. You have Rex and you have Ahsoka there as well. And they're looking at a battlefield on the hollow table that's showing a bunch of like explosions and ships flying and stuff like that. So this is a fan shot breakdown. So um, trying to give him some critiques on his work. You can also click over. He gives like a little BTS um, on the next, you know, on the, on the second right. section of the shot. So, so Matt, so what do you see here? What are some pointers, some, some right. pieces this, of advice you can give? This is one we, we can definitely pr- provide some criticism here. And it's all, constructive criticism that's what we're trying to do we're not here to beat people down i'm I'm trying here i'm I'm fighting with a overly large cat we're right at the end of the show i don't want her to step on the 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 stop button and blow it all up so (laughs) yeah really (laughs) sorry rodney i'll I'll get so looking at the shot all right first and foremost i don't think the effect of the of mace yoda and the other jedi really came off well yeah uh, it's like the blue light turned to purple and then that purple just kind of dominates the entire photo. Like That's, there's yeah. even, there's even purple hues on Ahsoka's skin. Uh, Rex is looking a little purple. 
and and I I I I feel this pain. I almost do not shoot with blue light anymore because of this exact behavior with blue light when you shoot raw. Uh, I've read certain things I could change. Some people are like, dude, just shooting JPEG when you use blue light. It's just easier. But from what, in my own experience, Nick, mm-hmm. I shoot in raw as most people do because you, you just can work with more of the image. But if I use blue light and then import it into iPhoto, whatever, my Mac, it fucking changes all the blue light to purple. Really? Okay. And I think that's what we're getting here with with Rodney's picture. So the idea to have the blue light there to uh, simulate them being holograms, I think kind of got muddied by what can happen when you use blue light shooting in raw, at least in in my case. Like I I can tell you right now, if I put a blue light on my figure and then I import that raw image into my system, it's going to be fucking purple. Yeah. I almost think that he should have got so i think what happened was like holograms are blue when you see them in star wars that's the color that they use for them but he also like the blue light that he used to light the room it just overpowered everything so like i almost would have liked to see him light the room a different color so like maybe use just like a like a like a soft white light for the room and then just use like a blue coloration overlay for Yoda and Mace and then probably make them a little bit more transparent to sell that like the the hologram style. And then that way, hit, like Mace and Yoda are blue, but then you don't have the washout from the blue light that you threw in everywhere else. Right. Because yeah. it just looks like a giant. It almost looks just like a giant blue like blob kind of. No, I mean the the blue oversaturated the entire yeah, photo. It, I mean so, that, that that's what's taken away from. It. I mean the the effect to make the war tables very nice. Yeah, that was pretty cool. The, the, the concept's a good idea. Uh, the posing is fine. It, it's just that that blue light just oversaturated the entire scene. And then, like I said, through whatever bullshit is in post processing, because I deal with it too, the blue starts to change into purple yeah so i think that's that would be my piece of feedback is like maybe think about making the lighting of the room itself a different color so you're not oversaturated with blue so um but yeah i agree i I like the concept itself i like the execution on the table i know that it almost looks like he like did some negative coloration with the table to get it to look that color yeah no that shit looks great i mean it just you know, good on Rodney for trying something like this. I don't even try shit like this because I, I know I'm like, no, I, I, I don't want to figure out how to make people look like they're Star Wars holograms in Photoshop. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it's definitely, that's why I, that's why my, my portfolio is very limited looking. It's very portrait style and that's fine at this yeah. point. It's probably hard to do. I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, I, I've never done it. Obviously, I don't do toy photography, but uh, fuck it. I'm sure there's videos, but then you got to spend the time to watch the video. And if you watch the video after you did it, you you probably missed a step and you have to go redo the whole setup anyways. And yeah. you got to take like 10 shots with one light on, one light not on. And then you got to layer them all together and wipe layers. It's like, fuck that. Yeah. Just give me a figure. I'll shoot it, move some lights around. And hopefully people think it looks like <laughs> I have some sort of. Uh, I for this thing yeah so uh rodney if you're listening if you hear this i hope that the uh feedback was helpful let us know if you did listen and if you have any any uh questions or feedback for us 
from the shot. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, take my advice. Just never use blue lights. That's all <laughs> I've, I've, I've completely limited my options in lighting now because I don't want to shoot in JPEG and I don't want to deal with the blue light after effect. Yeah. All right. Uh. So next up is from Hasbro Star Wars. I'm surprised that this handle was available. This is it's literally Hasbro yeah, Star Wars. like it's it's unadulterated too. There's no hashtags or underscores nope. or numbers. It's just straight up Hasbro Star Wars. Yeah. So what we have here is a is a digirama shot of Anakin from Rot's Anakin walking into the Jedi Temple. So that shot where he's about to go in and slaughter the younglings. Um, so the only the the only toy in the image is Anakin. The rest of it is the digirama. Um, so you see like the clone troopers that are on his side are actually in the digirama. Um, so, so feedback and thoughts here, Matt, what are you seeing here? I mean, it's not a bad shot. Yeah. Uh, you could argue the lighting on Anakin doesn't necessarily match the lighting of the background. It might be a little too white, white light. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it should have been a little moodier, maybe toned down a bit, maybe have some some like blue hues to simulate a moon. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. I would I mean if we're going for a full on recreation shot, was he not directly flanked by the troopers? Were they not like lockstep behind him or was he a, He was actually leading them. Like Okay, he so he was way them. ahead, so I guess that yeah. works out too. I was going to argue that you might have zoomed in on the troopers a bit more to increase their scale a bit, but I think it it it, it works the way it's set up. Yeah, I, I think it it really is just it's mostly a, a a lighting issue and matching it to the background. Yeah, I I would have the only other thing that I would like, and this is like a real nitpick, is like I know that this like the way he shot it now is just how the shadow fell on the left side of his face. But it 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 does kind of look like the way that that shadow falls out. It almost looks like it goes directly into a void, and it kind of makes his face look a little bit weird. So maybe like yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, like I, I kind of like the just where you're getting half the face. Okay. Plus, it's it's the old boy cut sculpt which I have and I have not used yet because I'm an asswipe. So kudos to Hasbro Star Wars for using it because it's an excellent excellent Anakin sculpt. Yeah, it really is. It's 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 a slight blending issue with the foreground subject, which is the real toy, the the subject, and the digital screen. Uh, you, I'm always going to be into throwing in a little bit of atmosphere here or there, yeah, uh, to spruce things up. But yeah, it's it's it, it's a good shot. Yeah, it just overall, uh, it just it's... some lighting issues is what I would say. Yeah. So. Um, that's it for the fan shot breakdowns of this week. So I hope that you guys you know glean some sort of uh hey we have rodney advice. was actually in the live stream as furious hey. d36 so all right there we go i'm glad you know hopefully that helped you out a little bit maybe maybe you could take a shot at recreating it and then you know rodney the, don't don't be like me though try to figure out the blue light issue don't be a quitter yeah, like me that's just <laughs> like just don't I fucking just, do it i was like Here. i'm not even gonna i'm not gonna mess with blue if lights. you want to if you want to <laughs> ask somebody about lighting ask uh what was it? ask trevor one six shooter he's yeah, excellent tre- he's he's one of the best lighters out there yeah, I mean, he's yeah. a pro there's no doubt yeah uh ask a visual approach to sean kearney i think sean's still in here he's fantastic with light as well like any either of those two guys if you have questions about i mean know, these days nick and my setups i spend the most time on light placement 
Yeah. I'll I'll set up a figure in a half-ass pose and then probably spend 10 to 15 minutes moving lights, changing colors of lights, and going back and looking. Well, that's what, uh, what you call it. That's what Papa said. And then you, didn't you say he was interviewed recently? And he said like, Hey, the most important thing is light yeah, to him. Him was lighting. It, it, it It's lighting and posing. I mean, uh, lighting is going to make it look pleasing. Posing is going to make it look badass. Exactly. So if you get them both together, that's when you start hitting the level of, you know, some of the people we feature on here. Uh, and it's, it's not easy. I mean, only a few of us achieve that level of Zen. So keep at it. Rodney Dent 36 and at Hasbro Star Wars. Thanks for uh, submitting to the critique. I know it's not always easy to hear people talk about your work. I definitely don't like when people talk about me. That's why I just cut them off at the knee and (laughs) essentially shit on myself before they can shit on me. That's been my entire approach to life. I think being a short man is what made me kind of act that way. (laughs) You can't right. make fun of me for being short if I already come out and acknowledge that I'm short. Right, Nick? It's very true. It's very true. Always own up to your deficiencies. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And I have a lot. All right. Well, that's the end of the fan shot breakdowns Woo! for this week. Thank you, Rodney and Hasbro Star Wars for submitting the shots. That's the end of the top five. And that's the end of the show. Matt, take us into the dance to bring you got us home. it, Nick. I'll shimmy our fat asses out of here. You know, we, we, we thought this would have been a short one, an hour long show. We were thinking about game shows and special topics, but of course we should have known better. Anytime you sit us in front of a mic and say, Star Wars, go, we fucking go and we don't stop until we collect our $200. Who knows where that $200 is coming from? But you all know that there's always time for Star Wars time, and these two idiots will at least give you two to four hours of content a week. And how can you stay in the know with the Star Wars time show? Well, it's easy. As Nick said, you do the little dance. You shake your happy ass over to StarWarsTime.net. It might not be .com, but it's still .something. StarWarsTime.net, that's where you got all the information you need to follow along with the Star Wars time show. If you like the the podcast in audio-only format, guess what? We've got all the links for you. Uh, even if you don't like it on the audio-only uh, uh, audio format, why don't you just subscribe anyways and leave a rating and review? Rating and reviews on the, uh, on the podcast platforms are akin to likes and comments and shares on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, you can also find our channel on StarWarsTime.net or just search Star Wars Time Show on YouTube. It should pop up these days. But if you don't want to take the extra effort to subscribe, if you do use the subscribe link through our site, it'll just do it for you. Do it right now. If you're not subscribed, push the button. Sub up. I think we're over 700. Let's get this motherfucker to 1,000 before summertime. We can do it. You guys all tell us this stuff is great. Let other people know. We know it's great, right? I'm the biggest narcissist in the room. But does your friend know it's great? Does your mom know it's great? Does your dog know it's great? They like Star Wars too. And if they don't know, you just got to remind them, hey, listen, Star Wars time show. It's easy to remember. There's always time for Star Wars time. Even sing the song. There's always time for Star Wars time, bitch! Okay, that was a new one. We haven't released it yet. The single's coming out on Spotify. In all seriousness, we love you. Keep the feedback coming. 
Keep the DMs happening. Join the Discord Discord server if you want to keep up with this shit show when we're not on air. All that stuff can be found, by the way, on StarWarsTime.net. Or if you go to at StarWarsTimeShow on Instagram, you can find our open access Discord link. Join. We seem to get a, a few new people every week. I think we're, what, over 30 members? Maybe getting close to 40 I don't know if everyone chats, but they're at least in there monitoring the feeds. They're going to see what will the boys do next? What dumb shit will they talk about for three plus hours next? Well, if you're on Discord, you may know. Or if you visit StarWarsTime.net, you may know. Or even better, just tune in for the live streams. Look at today. You got an hour-long Star Wars Rebels homage. It was a gift of Star Wars Pass to remind you of its greatness and how it is moving into the future of Star Wars. How stories are being shaped from the past work of our Lord and Savior, Dave Filoni. But what I want to leave you with is the most important thing you'll hear this week. And that's if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always.